Welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 120 As always, you can listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes You're from iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review and also check us out on Spotify, uh, on social media. You can hit us up on the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter, at Serial Sensei. And you can send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com if you feel inclined to do so. Um, back again in the dojo, returning from his hiatus, where, uh, according to Joey, he was fighting mountain lions. Um, but he was actually shooting Nerf guns and doing other fun stuff. Welcome back to the dojo, Antaku. What's going on, man? Um, did you know in 2013, Mace wanted to release an album called Now We Even, and his guest appearance list was Jay Z, Diddy, Beyonce, Drake, Two Chains, Lauren Hill, Meek Mill, Fabulous, Ariana Grande, Dipset, Seal, and CeeLo Green. Hmm. That might have been fire. Did he want them to all work pro bono? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> also, like two years ago, he released a diss track against Cameron. Oh, did, did you not listen to that? No. Oh, he murdered Cam. <laughs> People aren't going to give him his credit. He, he gave Cam the blues. I, li- wait, I listened to that. Wait, I, don't, wait, I don't remember what it was called. Wait, but... wait did we talk about this? I, I feel like we did. I feel like this was definitely a, a random intro conversation we had. Cause, yeah, because it seems like something we would talk about. Yeah, we did. I feel like we definitely talked about that. Yeah, Mace Mace uh, gave Cameron the blues. I don't remember what the name and, of the song and was. And then Cameron responded with like a track that sounded like he recorded it on like a flip phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Mur- Murder Mace. Murder Mace came back. He took off the uh, he took off the pastor outfit. So he he, he got busy. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. All right, I'm off it. I'm off it. <laughs> we, we we had a nice uh ramble before we started recording. Um, we, we've been here for like an hour. Right. <laughs> I keep you, know, you guys. You guys just check up on your uh your favorite rappers. Like you haven't heard from them in a while. Make sure they're actually um like doing okay. You know. Like, what do you think Consequence does in his day to day? You think he just <laughs> you think he just sits by the phone waiting for like Q-Tip to call him and be like, "Yo, we got a gig." I mean, he had to have made a decent amount of money though. He, he's had to have been involved in like other people's careers. I would hope. I mean, like, who would go to Consequence and be like, "Yo, I need to get into the rap game." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's like you said. You put me on. Put your cell phone in, man. Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, so some somebody's calling consequences line. Somebody's desperate enough. I mean, I'm sure his mom is calling him. He's got to be doing okay. 
if you're if you were affiliated with Tribe, I, I gotta assume you. If you were smart with the money that you made, you see, there's you, you see, you already took it too far because you're assuming that he was smart with the money he made. Like, like, I, I feel a consequences type of dude who 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 felt he was entitled to more. I mean, he well, he was writing for Kanye. Him and Ryan Fest, so. He should be set off that alone. Yeah. To be honest. Because if you... If you wrote for Kanye, especially if you wrote anything off of, like, College Dropout and those first, um... couple albums, he should be good. But, um... Yeah, that, that was our random hip-hop uh, wormhole <laughs> we went down before we started recording. Hey, that, that used to be the start of every show. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Consequent. Shout out to Mike Jones. Uh, shout out to Roy Jones Jr. The greatest uh, athlete rapper. <laughs> shout out to Roy Jones and, you know, those, those were good times. Those were good times back then. Now everything guys, sucks. Yeah. It, it was so much fun back then. I, I mean, I guess it's, well, you know, I'm not going to say it's fun now. Or maybe the kids are having fun. I don't know. I'm not a part of the the, the young folk generation. You guys are probably having fun, though. The youth but. sickens me. <laughs> Oh, man. Ah, oh, we had that argument. At, you know what? I'm not going to take that here. We had that argument at work about uh, a co-worker tried to say that uh, I'm the crack baby generation. So I said he's the lean baby generation. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and now I'm realizing, like, why are, we, why are we all drug babies? Why can't we just be better? <laughs> why do I have to be a crack baby? What do you call me a crack baby? Had to, had to retaliate. Couldn't, couldn't let that. <laughs> couldn't let that go. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's how my week has been. But um. Nah, man. Glad, glad to be back for another episode. Um. I hope you guys are are, are warm. Um. Shout outs to the people in the Midwest. I saw some temperatures that like really disturbed me. That apparently you guys are either having right now or will be going to. Um, a lot of those temperatures were in the negatives. I saw like um, seven to eleven inches of snow. Yeah, it's not looking good. Um, to get snow on top of it being like negative five degrees is kind of wild. Um, so I hope you guys are safe because uh, that's like dangerously cold weather. You know, there's like cold and then there's like, you know. That's kind. Of, that's that's kind of bad. So I hope you guys are safe out there in the Midwest. It's cold here in Maryland, but it's it's. But we're not in the negatives. It's not that bad. You know, the struggle isn't isn't that real yet. Um, but speaking of other places, top listens for the week. Number one, San Francisco, California. Number two, Brookville, Pennsylvania. Number three, uh, the London out in the UK. Number four, uh, Fontana, California. And coming in at number five, we got Winthrop, uh, Massachusetts. So appreciate you guys listening. Uh, shout outs to everybody on Tumblr and the Twitter folk and wherever else you people may be when you uh, choose to listen to this podcast. Always appreciate you guys. So we got some some fights. Oh, there was actually <clears throat> before before sorry before we we hop on into it. I want I want to say a special shout out to Joey. For filling in my incredibly large shoes, <laughs> um, he, he he did an adequate job. 
<laughs> adequate. <laughs> Joy, I'll I'll let you uh, defend yourself the next time you're on here. <laughs> See if you did adequate, or if or if you feel you deserved more. <laughs> but, uh, shout out to Joy. Shout out to Stokes too. He's he's like our resident uh hey, insider. He's he's here in spirit. Yeah, they're all they're always here. They're like our roommates that don't show up to the house every day, but when they come, you know, we we let them open the fridge. It's, it's no big deal. But we got some fights to talk about. Um, there were actually a lot of good fights, pretty much going on from Friday through the rest of the weekend. Um, so we'll cover a little bit of one championship, a little bit of boxing, uh, and the main. Uh, meat and potatoes of the episode will be Bellator 214. But before we get into that, um, as always, got to go through the news and notes for the week. So not not a super busy week. Not really a, a ton of fights, but I wrote down a few that I thought were interesting or worth of note. Um, that's the biggest one that we've mentioned before that it got canceled and now it's a thing again. Um, we have a superhero fight that's going down. Yoel Romero, Paulo Costa is being targeted for the UFC on ESPN3 headliner on April 27th. So that's 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 going to be wild. I just imagine like when those two fight. I mean, paint one of your He-Man dolls like black <laughs> yeah. and, and just like bang them together and that'll be it. Right. <laughs> it's going to be like when the Dragon Ball Z characters fight and like they start trading hands and uh like the craters just start forming, like that's that's what's gonna happen. Uh, somebody's not gonna make it out of that alive, but um, wake that. <laughs> that's that's gonna be an awesome fight. So definitely, definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, moving down the list, uh, Marina Morose uh, will be welcoming Sabina Mazo to the UFC. Uh, that'll be on UFC on ESPN two. Uh, Sabina Mazo was LFA's uh, flyweight champ. Uh, she head kicked a couple of people to oblivion, won a couple of one-sided uh, decisions, and now she's in the UFC, so looking forward to that fight in her debut. Um, at UFC Prague, we'll have Dwight Grant versus Cardo Pedersali Jr., and we will also have Veronica Macedo versus Jillian Robertson. At UFC 235, we'll have Song Yedong against Alejandro Perez. Um, at UFC 234, um, a fight I was actually really looking forward to, um, Fortunately, had to change around. Uh, Ryan Spann has been injured. Um, I'm not sure what the injury was, but he's injured. Um, he was replaced with Sam Alvey, so we'll have Sam Alvey versus Jim Crute. Yay. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. I was like, I mean, Christ. Sam Alvey fights are always worth the price of admission. Jim Crute, do, do me proud. Um... Like Sam Alvey's that guy, like who looks like they pulled him out the audience, and he just somehow manages to stick around. Right. <laughs> just the, just the 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 definition of overachieving. But he's probably a good guy. I don't want to. Hey, he's a, he seems like a great guy. Like yeah, but his fights are just kind of. Dude, dude has to have the charisma of, like a goddamn, like I don't even know, like. <laughs> And he has to be charismatic. Like, look at his wife. A, a Miss America's next top model or whatever. Also, the best corner person in the game. Yeah. 
<laughs> like le legit the best corner person in the game. Um, but hope, hope Ryan Spann's good. I really wanted to see Ryan Spann and Jim Crute, but you know, it is what it is. It's a fight game. These these things happen, unfortunately. So we'll we'll have Sam Alvey and Jim Crute at UFC 234 yep. on the last. I can't, bit. I can't wait for Sam Alvey to just do what he does and put on a 15 minute boring ass performance. <laughs> And somehow he got a decision over, uh, like a split decision <laughs> over a rising light heavyweight prospect. If somehow by like 2021, Sam Alvey finds his way into a title shot, I will renounce this sport and I will just move on. I'm going to just start sending hate mail at all the middle. <laughs> yeah. Like Wadman, this is Wadman. We needed you. Like Where Luke you? Rockhold, Mister. Why is Anthony Smith getting a title shot? He sucks. Because he went up to two hundred five and actually fought like two hundred fivers. And you were dumb, and you got knocked out <laughs> by your old Romero off. He missed weight. He bounced your head off. Your head. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was such a violent KO. Uh, but I hope Rockhold does well at. Uh, you know what? Actually, speaking of, real quick, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> this is a random side rant, but it involves Rockhold. Uh, Joey sent me a video, uh, I don't know, probably was like a week ago, and it was a video of Rockhold sparring, and I don't know the gentleman he was sparring with. He tagged, uh, he was tagged in the video, but I, I don't remember the guy's name. Um, I'm gonna guess just off the eye test, Luke Rockhold looked like he had to weigh like 200 something pounds he was thick in that video and the guy he was sparring against probably 155 maybe yeah i'm, I'm gonna guess and say <clears throat> and i swear <laughs> and joey can attest to this if that guy weighed like 20 more pounds he would have dropped rockhold in that sparring session because he caught him <laughs> he caught him with a nice right hand and i think rockhold felt it this little this little guy tagged him one good time I was like, oh boy, if he weighed twenty more pounds, we would have saw we would have saw Rocco get KO'd by a lightweight, and I would have completely lost my mind. Um, <laughs> just just ask Joey to send you that video if he if he remembers which one, or if he doesn't, I'll send it to you when I when I found it. But I just thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> uh, Luke, but oh, hopefully Luke. I, I want Luke at two hundred five though, and I want him to do well at two hundred five. I want, I want to fight and lose to Anthony Smith just to prove that middleweight is bullshit. <laughs> it's a made-up division. It, it, like it, it just like it, it's it's like heavyweight where like the rules of the sport don't mean anything. It's just whatever. Oh, here, here's a forty-five-year-old man who moves like he's freaking twenty-five. <laughs> the rules of. Uh... Yeah, the rules just stop applying at middleweight. Here, here, here's an Australian karateka who freaking didn't wrestle until he was in his, like, 20s. And now all of a sudden he's qualified for the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And uh, the last bit of UFC news I have, um, Walt Harris uh, failed uh, his UFC 232 drug test. He tested positive for a substance called LGD4033. I don't know what that is. You can research it. Apparently, it's illegal. I, I don't know. 
Um, I think they were saying, his people were saying it was a tainted supplement and they can prove it, something, something. I didn't really look that much into it because I honestly didn't care. But that's my uh, last little uh, news, at least for the UFC. Moving on to Bellator. Um, they also have a card going down April 27th. Uh, a couple of big fight announcements. Uh, Lima Lay McFarlane will be defending her flyweight title against Vita Ortega. And also on that same card, uh, Roy McDonald will be uh, kicking off this welterweight tournament. We'll have Rory versus uh, John Fitch. And that is on the April 27th card. And moving on to one championship, uh, they actually have... Oh, I lost the article. Oh, there we go. Uh, so one championship actually has... Uh, a lot of marquee fights uh, coming soon. So they have an event coming called uh, One Championship New Era. And this is going to be the Tokyo card, I believe, on March 31st. So this New Era card will have uh, Kevin Bellignon and Bibiano Fernandez uh, having their trilogy fight. Um, this article says <coughs> one the 155-pound belt, but I'm um, 100% positive that's a typo. Should be for the Bantamweight title. Um, if you guys didn't watch the last fight, it ended, uh, via split decision and, uh, on one. So they'll be, I guess, closing out their trilogy. Um, also on this new era card, we will have Edward Foliang defending his, uh, lightweight title against Shinya Aoki. And we will also have, uh, Adam Waite champ Angela Lee, uh, fighting the strawweight champ, uh, Jingyan Jiang. Hopefully that fight actually happens because we should have had it last year, but... Uh, I think Angela Lee got had gotten injured, so you should have like twice, not... shouldn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. Because like this fight has fallen apart a couple times. Because like she like fell asleep at the wheel of her car once. Yeah, she, yeah. I think it was the car accident the first time, and I, I can't remember what happened the second time. I think she just um, hurt her neck or something. Yeah, but hopefully we get that fight because that that should be an, a really awesome fight. Really looking uh, forward to that one. Um, and Ong Song will be defending his middleweight strap against Ken Hasegawa. Um, if you guys don't remember, that was one of my fight of the year candidates uh, for 2018. So that should be a slugfest. And we'll also have Demetrius Johnson. Uh, he will be making his one FC, or one championship debut against Yuya Wakamatsu. That'll be opening up their flyweight uh, tournament over there. And Eddie Alvarez will be uh, kicking off his side of the lightweight bracket uh, against Timothy Natchukin. So... That's going to be a really dope card. That's 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 a lot of great fights. Um, all on one event. So, be sure to check that out. And the last note that I have, um, also related to one championship. Something I thought that was interesting. Uh, one championship uh, announced recently that they're partnering with Shudo. Um, and this partnership, uh, apparently all of the, I guess all of the champions from Shudo... Um, will have a chance to compete in one, and I guess they'll be given contracts. I guess it's kind of like a feeder thing, I want to say. It's a lot like um, the UFC and M1, which I don't think has given us any fighters yet, but I, I could be wrong. I, I never know. I don't even know who the hell is. I haven't seen an M1 card in forever, so. Yeah, haven't either, so yeah. <laughs> couldn't couldn't confirm one way or another, but that, that seems how it's going to work. Um, and there is something going on over in Shudo, I guess, called the uh, All Japan Amateur Shudo Championship. So whoever wins that, I guess that's the tournament. Yeah, that's whoever a tournament wins, they run every year. Yeah, so wh whoever wins that um, will get a chance to train at Evolve MMA in Singapore for a year. 
Um, for you guys who don't know Evolve, that's where Angela Lee trains. That's who else was there at Evolve? Um, a lot of big name fighters are over there. That's one of the big name gyms. It, it, they're also the owners. The owner of the gym is also the owner of one championship. So take that for what you will. <laughs> we'll look the other way. I mean, we but... we kind of have been since day one. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so whoever wins that, uh, that, uh, All Japan Amateur Shooter Championship will get a chance to train at Evolve for a year, um, and as far as the partnership goes, uh, Shudo will provide, uh, I guess, marketing services and, like, provide scouting for one to, I guess, you know, potentially sign Japanese fighters and whoever else is in that organization. They're throwing a lot of money into Japan for an audience that just doesn't seem to be there. And I, I don't say that out of, like... Like, you shouldn't do that, but, like, Ryzen has basically kept the same rating since, like, they got back on, <clears throat> since they got on TV, which is not, which was not the plan. Like, the plan was for them to get on TV and, you know, kind of build every year, but uh, from what I've been reading, like, the ratings have just stayed the same, so. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll remain optimistic. One seems to be on the right path. You know, like I said, it, we said this the last time. They're like the one organization that just seems to be trying things. And they're, I guess it seems like they're kind of working. Um, so we'll see. Maybe Shooter will give them, you know, some, some fighters. Well, actually, it's, uh, I can't remember the article. I think they, Shooter has given them fighters before, I want to say. Yeah. Or at least they were fighters who fought in Shooter. Who... Naito was a Shooter fighter, I believe. Um Guy, Aoki was too, wasn't he? And Aoki was also. way back. Well, yeah, way back. Yeah. I know that they've gotten a few notice, uh, notice, uh, notable ones, I want to say. I just I can't remember the names off the top of my head. But I, I guess it'll be a little bit different this time because like, th- this is actual partnership, so it's kind of like a path to yeah. get to one. Like, you want a belt. Here you go. Go fight in one. Hopefully you do well. If only uh, one had a streaming service to hook shooto fights onto, because it'd be nice to have access to shooto fights. Yeah, it's really funny because like shooto is like that weird intersection between like, okay, they have some of the best dudes still fighting in Japan, and they also have like a bunch of guys who do this as like a like a, a not even like a side gig, but like they're, they're like they refuse to use their real names. Because they don't want their boss to find out they fight on the weekends. <laughs> so, like, you'll, you'll hear stories about, like, guys who, like, I guess vanity search themselves on YouTube. And every once in a while, there'll be, like, an odd judo upload. And they'll be like, can you please take this down in the comments? Because I don't want my boss to find out that I fight. Jesus. It, yeah. yeah well, it's, just, it's just a weird dual thing where it's like, oh... There's also the promotion where Kyojo Horiguchi fought in. Like, yeah, it's just a weird dichotomy. Well, just keep an eye on that. Uh, like I said, I, I like what one is doing, so I'm going to trust and believe that this will do some good for them. And like I said, that, that new era card is going to be wild. Um, and I'll actually be referencing that tournament again in a few. Um so yeah, that was pretty much it for news and notes. Not anything really too big. Not not a ton going on. I have one remarkably less interesting, but perhaps more funny. Um, excuse me. Um, bit of news from PFL. Oh boy. V- right. Visa Joey. Um, 
Carlos Silva, the president of the uh, the, the Pro Fighters League, um, has left the PFL to go join the World Team Tennis League Association, whatever. Um, for those who don't know, what, uh, like I, at first I thought the WTT was like, um, I guess you could say the PGA of uh, golf, and I looked into it, and it is absolutely not that. It is a, in, I don't even know if you can call it independent. It's an it's a American based team tennis league, and perhaps you know more about this than me, because. I, I know nothing, but ac- according to their Wikipedia, they have six teams. World team tennis. See, I follow tennis, but I only follow like four people. <laughs> I, I, I don't really know, but that's a weird switch to go from PFL to. Did they send out those checks yet? Uh, Lance Palmer said he got his. Oh, all right, all right. There we go. I, I don't know if um, you know, Lewis Taylor got his. My 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 thought was he's 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 fleeing because he knows the check bounced. And I think he's fleeing because he's like, oh my god, this is a thing that's been around for fifty years. <laughs> well, I mean, tennis is a pretty global sport. So well, this is just all American teams. Oh, and they used to have a lot more teams. Good God, one, two, three, four. Uh, yeah, no, they they have six now, but they used to have like twenty. That's such a weird switch to go from like a major tennis, but I don't know. Maybe that uh, I, I like I, I follow tennis very loosely, so I, I I'm not really sure like the figures of like money. So I I don't know. Maybe it brings in more money than what I probably know. It's not as weird as like like you see at like um like even with uh with the UFC like what's his name John not John Anik um God who was the executive. Who got caught up in the uh, in uh, the DC Jones fight? Now I feel stupid because we we talked about him at length when this happened. When the guy who used to fill in for uh, for uh, for Dana White, I do not remember that guy's name. And now I feel um, bad. Not... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I could like vaguely remember his face, but I don't remember his name. Uh, wait. Here's uh, wait. Here it is. Uh, former UFC event. Like as soon as I see his name, I'm going to be so upset with myself. Uh, what he leave and go do? Uh, Dave Schoer. He went. That's what it was. It was Dave Schoer. Uh, he used to be the vice president of public relations, athlete marketing, and development, and now he is doing something with the Philadelphia 76ers probably a much more uh secure yeah <laughs> good on, good on him you, you definitely made a good move. he's the vice president of communications for the sixers like you, you'll see that a lot in sports where like oh you were the vp of like pr or marketing or um you know player communication or whatever like and they'll switch between sports not as you know it's not as normal like at the top, like if you're like a director or something of the NBA or the NFL. Like I'm sure Robert Goodall has been in the NFL, or he's working adjacent to the NFL for most of his career before he was the commissioner. Get him out of there. <laughs> That's a whole other rant. Um, 
So yeah, so that's uh pretty much it for news and notes. So we have three cards to kind of run through. Um, so I'm the only one of us two who actually watched the one championship card. Um, so I'm just gonna run through this real quick, and then we'll move on to boxing. Cause we both I have a question. Did you watch? Did you pay for it, or did you watch it on TNT? No, this was actually on their app. Oh, it was still on the I, app. I, I, I think, yeah, I don't know if this is going to be the last one that's on the app. But yeah, this this was on the app, so I, I didn't have to Maybe I got didn't have to use any alternative methods. Maybe I got confused last week then, because I, assume, I assumed last week was the last, but I guess they're starting in February. Like, I'm glad they did. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of curious what those reruns are going to look like, because that's how I'm probably going to watch in the future. And they're apparently only going to be like an hour long. Like the, the when they play them at night, the tape delayed airings. Because I'm not paying freaking ten dollars to the Bleacher Report app to watch a card. Yeah, man, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a no go. Hardy gave the zone <laughs> the, the last ten dollars I had. Well, no, I gave ESPN the last five I had. So I'm all I'm all stretched out. You guys aren't, you know, not not divvying up my funds anymore. Dude, they sold like five thousand pay per views. In 2017 alone, and I'm not talking about like one event. I mean like the entire year. So if you were on Twitter and you were tweeting about one championship, you were one of five thousand people to buy a one championship pay per view in 2017. That's bad. <laughs> I wonder if that's why Michael Chavello retweets me. <laughs> When I make a post and I hashtag one championship. That is exactly what he does. Because <laughs> yeah, he retweeted like three of my posts. <laughs> like, that's like, because it's not even $10. It was like $8. So that's like how much? It's like $40,000? Yeah, that's not good. Oof. No bueno. No bueno. Indeed. Uh, But they did have a card that went down uh, very early. I think this was Friday morning. Uh, one championship, Heroes Ascent was the name of the card. Um, I kind of have to breeze through this because I'm the only one who's seen it. And I don't want to ramble here forever. Um, but I'll say overall, man, this card was actually really awesome. Like, I literally watched this pretty much from top to bottom, maybe minus like one or two prelims that I might have missed. Um, but this card was really, really good. Um, so I'll quickly just run through the main card and like one prelim that I kind of want to highlight. Um, but the main event. Uh, was the uh, flyweight uh, championship? This was also a trilogy fight. Uh, God, I always get his name wrong. G.J. Ustaquio and Adriano Marais, uh fought for the third time. Uh, Marais ended up winning a unanimous decision. Um, it was a nice back and forth fight. A lot of grappling, a lot of transitions. Um, there were points when uh, I thought Marais was going to lose because he wasn't doing too well on the feet, and he started doing a little better. Um, but it, it was a, it was a nice back and forth championship fight. Like I said, a lot, lot of grappling, um, a lot of flyweight stuff, just little guys moving a lot, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. But that, it was a really, really good main event. Um, go, go give that a look if you haven't. So congrats to Marais for, uh, winning his belt back again for, I forgot how many times now he's been there flyweight champ, but <laughs> he got it again. Um, and closes out that trilogy, I guess. Uh, co-main event was uh, kicking off uh, part of the lightweight world Grand Prix. Um, we had Anario Benario and Lowen uh, Tyness. Um, 
this Lowen dude is a beast. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he, um, he, like, if, if if you don't watch one, like, Anario Benario is a pretty good fighter. Like, he, he, he's, he, he's a pretty good guy. Lowen took him down and just beasted on him. Like, took him down, just beat him up until he got a TKO, and he made it look very easy. And I'm really excited because Eddie Alvarez, if, if Alvarez wins, this is who he's going to be matched up against. And I know a lot of these guys, you know. Dude, that's a fight with say for the finals. Oof. Yeah, then, yeah, I think they even interviewed him, and he said he was surprised that they put them on the same side of the bracket. But I say that to say that Alvarez coming over to one, this isn't going to be a cakewalk. These aren't going to be guys that, oh, he's just going to come through and just murder a bunch of people. Like, nah, these, these dudes that he's fighting in this tournament are legit. I mean, like, that's um, the, but the, the thing, like, nobody Eddie Alvarez fights is ever a cakewalk because Eddie Alvarez is just one giant liability to himself. <laughs> but you know how it is. A lot of people, you know, if you're not in the UFC, you're not that whole garbage that I don't even understand how in 2019 there are people who still think that way. Literally the only but, easy fight Eddie Alvarez has ever had was against Rafael Dos Anjos. It's because he knocked him out early. <laughs> he, he mauled him. Like, God. remember um, freaking, what's his name? Patri- uh, Patricky Pitbull rocked him in like yeah. the first 15 seconds of their fight. <laughs> yeah. That that was, ugh. but um, nah, man. Lowen Ty Ty Ness. I'm probably saying his name wrong. Ten- Last name spelled T Y N A N E S. Tenanas. Uh, I don't remember. It's been so long since I saw him fight. Um, dude, like, um, seven years ago, like th- th- he was the man. Like he-, he was the next big Hawaiian prospect. Um, cause like he he fought in that URCC show. Like, this is right around when one started, and then, like, they had that group of Filipino dudes, mm. like, Fola Yang, um, God, what's his name? The small one. Benario was one of them. Uh, point being, like, they had this group of Filipino dudes who were just, like, tearing people apart, and, like, they looked really, really good real early. And they were like, oh, shit, we're, like, we, we have, like, an actual stable of, like, really decent fighters. That we got from other oh, team of K guys, um, uh, you know we can build from this. And they let, I guess they had a deal with URCC and like a bunch of like small regional promotions to just like get their guys fights when they don't or when they weren't scheduled. And Tainana just goes into URCC and beats the ever living crap out of Foley Yang in his second pro fight. So. I think there was an agreement that if Tenan is one, he would have to sign with one uh, with one FC, and that's what ended up happening. Yeah, and he's here, and he's uh, <laughs> he's making quick work. Um, so yeah, he he gave Anario Benario the business. Um, so just, just be 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 on the lookout. That's a name you wanna you wanna keep marked down. He, he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Um, going down the card, uh, Danny Ken, Kenjad against, uh, Tatsumitsu Wada. Uh, Danny won. I, I wasn't, I was like half paying attention to this fight. Um, <laughs> a lot of people on uh, Twitter saying Danny won because he's from the Philippines. So I'll leave that where that is. <laughs> Some people didn't feel that he, he won that fight, but you know, Haters. 
it is what it is. Haters. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see the fight, so I can't judge, but haters. <laughs> um, another fight, I was really excited for this one. Uh, one of their Muay Thai fights. Rod Tang, man. He was on here. Uh, Rod Tang uh, fought a gentleman named Fahidi uh, Khalid. Um, for the first round, it just looked like Rod Tang was going to maul him. Like, he, he, he was really, like, giving Khalid the blues in the first round. Um, but Khalid, Khalid was game. Uh, he came he came back and fought hard in the second and third. Um, but Rod Tang on a Rod Tang, like, he's a showman. He, he's, he's a very violent Muay Thai fighter. Um, so he just went and did Rod Tang things. But it actually ended up being a, a pretty competitive fight in the second and third. But, you know, at the end of the day, Rod Tang on a Rod Tang. So, you know, he ended up winning the decision. But go back and watch that fight because Rod Tang's awesome. Um, at middleweight, they had uh, Reiner De Ritter against Fon Rong. Uh, Reiner caught him with a really nice... Uh, God, what? I don't know if it was a Darce. Choked him out somehow. I can't remember. It was a Darce. But, um, yeah. At least according to typology. Yeah, he got, he got him out pretty quick in round one. Um... And I think that was the main card, or at least most of the fights that I remember. Um, I won't waste time going down the rest of this card. But uh, one last fight I want to highlight uh, from one was actually on the prelims. It was one of the feature prelim fights. Um, Eli um, Elias Mamudi versus uh, Yukonori Ogasawara. Um, and this was a Muay Thai flyweight fight. Um, Elias Mamudi is from Algeria. I forgot exactly what his Muay Thai credentials were, but they were pretty high. Um, this dude is a beast, man. Like, <laughs> like this guy, it didn't matter from what range or where they were. He just, he had strikes for every situation. Like, if we're at range, I can throw a teep kick. I can keep you at distance. If we get, you know, not, not like clinching distance, but if, if we get up close, I can let off combinations. I can I can throw whatever I want. If we clinch, I'm just gonna murder you with elbows and knees. Like he he had an answer for like every situation. Like poor Yukonori just I think he just kind of got overwhelmed. Like there was no Elias had so much offense and it was so effective and just fun to watch. Like th this is a guy that I'm I'm pretty sure they'll bring him back. Um. Definitely watch him, man. Elias Elias Mamudi. Uh, last name spelled M A H M O U D I. Th this guy is a a beast, um, beast Muay Thai fighter. So those those are just the fights I'll mention. But um, I mean there were other fights on the card, but you know due to time I can't cover everything. But overall, man, if you can go back and watch this one card, it was really good from top to bottom. A lot of entertaining fights. Um, a lot of finishes, and even the the fights that went to decision were still pretty entertaining. Um, and it was, you know, a mix of Muay Thai fights and um, and MMA. So it, it was just really, really fun to watch, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this card. Watched it early Friday morning. I think it lasted from like seven to like twelve or something. Um, but yeah, one one championship, Heroes Ascent. Go back and watch that card, man. A lot of awesome fights. Uh, a lot of good fighters on that card. So that was one championship. Um, let's move on to his, over to some boxing. Um, this card was actually going down the same time that Bellator was on. Um, you know what? How, how to pronounce this guy's name? Jamie Jaime Munguia. Jaime Munguia. Oh, Jaime. Jaime Munguia and do 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 Takeshi Inoue. 
uh, were the headliners. Um, well, I'll, I'll let you start this off. How, how do you uh, <laughs> how do you feel about this, this nice little brawl? Um, it was uh, very that, fun. That we got uh, like Takeshi in the way. Um, he did what undefe- uh, undefeated fighters do, it, especially when they're really limited and like have just a little bunch of self confidence. Like they just get after it because like, that's all they know, right? So they they realize they can take a punch and they just don't stop. Um, he ended up losing basically every round on all all but one of the judges' scorecards, who actually gave him one round. But like he never stopped coming forward. He stayed in Jaime's face. Um, it, uh, but he also ate basically everything Jaime threw at him. Which is pro- not how you win a boxing match, unfortunately. Um, and like to his credit, Munguia did a good job of just like not losing, I guess. Mind you, he had like a clear size advantage. I, I have no idea how Takeshi is a 154, uh, 154 pounder. Like, and this is in large part because, um, Munguia is like, was like 170 pounds in there. And Takeshi. Yeah, he was, a, yeah, he was a big boy. Yeah, like, I, and that might, like, and they were, and, and they got on this early saying like, oh, um, uh, Munguia had a bad weight cut and that's why he's looking so bad which my response would be then go up to middleweight you freaking sociopath because you're only like he's only like what 22 22 yeah like he's he's only getting bigger and denser so maybe now is the time to just bite the bullet move up to middleweight and I, I, I think they're just reluctant because like okay they move him up to middleweight and now he has to fight like Danny Jacobs and Gennady Glovkin and possibly even Canelo Alvarez and he's just not ready for that as clear by this fight but it, it was a good showing it, it, it was good work that was important that's what was important it was good work like he can go back to the gym and figure out what he did wrong but like it, fights at this level shouldn't be a cakewalk for him like he beat Saddam Ali he beat Liam Smith he should be fighting dudes who give him good work. Even if he's young. Yeah, me watching this fight, because I wasn't really too familiar with either of them. I'd heard of Inouye before, but I, I didn't know uh, Munguia. So I was just amazed that, like, <laughs> Inouye was just like a zombie in there. Like, he just kept walking forward and finding ways to get in range as, as short as he was. Cause it, it 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 just looked like Munguia just kind of towered over him, and in a way it was like whatever I'm gonna come in here, I'm just gonna throw these wild right hands, and you know a couple of them might hit you behind the head, but whatever. <laughs> you know that's for the he was that's in, for God and the referee to sort out. <laughs> he, he was in there throwing bombs, man. But now I was impressed because in, in a way for the whole the the whole duration of the fight. Even when he would get tagged, the man just kept marching forward. And, like, he was landing some, some decent shots. They didn't look pretty. Um, and I feel like he didn't really have, like, much of a game plan other than I'm just going to yeah. march him down and hopefully one of these right hands just stops him. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> there wasn't a lot of uh, technical things going forward on his side. But it, it was just an entertaining fight because I, I kind of just spent the whole fight just like, well, maybe he'll catch him one good time and maybe he'll actually put him out. But no, nah, it, it didn't happen. Like he, he was landing, in a way, was landing some good, some good overhand rights and some good power shots. But Munguia was able to pretty much take him. And he was, you know, probably the more crisp of the two. Like, he was actually throwing, like, good combinations. He wasn't just kind of, like, winging shots. Um, and he, he he just withstood the storm. Um, like like you said, it, it wasn't an easy fight for him. But he, he definitely won it. He just had a guy who just kind of wouldn't leave him alone. You know, he just kind of had to keep, keep him at bay. Because Takeshi was not going anywhere. But it, it was a really fun main event. Um, I, I didn't even know that card was on. I just watched it because somebody was talking about it. And I was like, oh, there's some really good boxing going yeah. on. Um, so that that was a really fun main event. Um, the co-main event, though, which I did get a chance to watch um, pretty much in full. I think I switched the last round because one of the Bellator fights I wanted to see was on. But um, I hope I don't pronounce this guy's name wrong. Zhujan uh, uh, and Jesus Rojas. Um, fought for the featherweight championship, uh, WBA featherweight championship. Um, I know, I know some people, from what I saw, uh, disagreed with the decision. I'm not gonna lie. Some, of, I wasn't scoring the fight because I was just so entertained. Um, but I can say <laughs> some of the scoring was kind of wild. Like somebody gave it to 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 John one eighteen to one ten. I, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> But I, I would have to go back and watch because a lot of the early, um, earlier rounds, I was just, like I said, a lot of this fight I wasn't scoring. I was just kind of watching. But um, this might be like an early fight of the year kind of fight. It was so back and forth. Like, both of them just came forward. Combinations, combinations, combinations. Landing power shots, but nobody's wilting. Nobody's giving in. Like, these dudes were just, just throwing. But it wasn't like a sloppy, you know, not not, not like your Forrest Griffin <laughs> partner where it's just kind of like, like, it, there, there was technique. Like, it was a beautiful fight to watch. And they, they just went out there and just put on a show. Um, in real time, I thought Rojas was going to get the nod. Um, but it, that could be could be me having recency bias because I feel like in the later rounds, Rojas really started to pick it up. And it seemed like he was the one pushing more to action landing more of the combinations and like John was firing back but to me it seemed like during the second half of the fight Rojas was getting the better of a lot of the exchanges but either way John ended up uh ended up winning but it was an amazing fight like and it kind of sucked that it was on the zone while Bellator because I think this fight was happening like while the Pico fight was about to happen um which I know a lot of people wanted to check out and we'll we'll Boy, we'll we'll get to that <laughs> in a few, but um, yeah. nah, man, go <laughs> go go watch this, man. Uh, Zhujan is is his name is spelled X U, last name C A N, uh, against Jesus Rojas. Um, if you have the zone, um, pretty sure you can go back and rewatch this. But yeah, everybody, if you're a boxing fan, go watch this fight, man. It was an amazing fight, action literally from start to finish. Just both guys just throwing hands nobody's going away nobody's wilting to any pressure and they they just went in there they just they just laid it all out it was, it was an amazing fight 
I can definitely see this on some people's, you know, it's still early in the year, but this will probably be on some people's fight of the year list. At least it's like like an honorable mention. Um, so go go back and give that fight a watch, man. That was, that was an amazing, uh, amazing fight. So those were the two boxing uh, fights that we watched. It was the rest of the card, but I didn't see the rest of the card, so I can't really so, comment on so, it. So um, real quick, because I forgot about this, and I actually did see parts of it. I didn't see the whole thing. Um, Keith Thurman is back after like two years away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that did happen. Yeah, um, he took a majority of the season over Jose Cito Lopez in the fight where he did not look very good. Um, uh, and obviously he's coming back from surgery, so like, you, we have to come a little slack. But kind of got his ass beat a little bit towards the end. Um, hence the majority of the decision. Like he was taking shots flush. And you can see Kenny Bayless's eyes popping out of his freaking head. <laughs> like, he was. <laughs> I saw a slow motion replay. He was looking like ooh, <laughs> but like some straight up like cartoon eyes popping out the head type deal. Um. Yeah, no, just uh, not a whole lot to add to that. Like Thurman's back. Uh, welterweight's different from when he left. But not, I guess not too different. Sean Porter and Danny Garcia and um, Kel Brook and Amir Khan are still around. But now, now you got Ter- uh, Terrence Crawford. Now you got Errol Spence. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully he gets back to 100%. Starts looking as sharp as he used to. And um, yeah, we see him fight one of these other big names because... Lord knows if we're going to be paying all this money to go see all these freaking dudes fight at welterweight on pay-per-view. We should be getting the fights we want to see. Give me my Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford. <laughs> Probably not going to happen, but just got to keep putting that out in the atmosphere and, and, until it becomes a thing. Yep, basically. But... There was a lot of good, uh, like I said, a lot of, lot of good fights. Um, so lots of good bo- uh, boxing. One had a card. Um, LFA had a card, too. And God, I've, I've really fallen off <laughs> watching LFA. But every time I see the highlights, it just looks amazing. Um, they're, they're still being violent. So go go watch LFA if you got uh, access to Access TV. Um, I, I, I rewatched some of the card, but I didn't finish it. I had to go. I, think I had to run it. I might have wanted to go get food. I did something. I didn't get to finish watching the card. But LFA had a card uh, this past weekend, too. That was awesome. So go give them a look. So lots of great fights, man, that went down this weekend that you guys need to check out. But that being said, let's get on to the uh, main event of the evening. And that would be Bellator. 214, all your heroes die. Yeah. (laughs) Like. Oh man, this 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 card here, boy. Can um, I just say something before we hop in? I feel woefully unprepared for. I felt woefully unprepared going into this podcast, mostly because I didn't see one. I I, I didn't see the full Thurman fight. I only saw the Manguia um, Inoue fight like an hour ago, or an hour before we hopped on the call, I should say. Um, and Bellator, I only saw the main card. And only one of the main card fights went longer than two minutes. 
<laughs> so guess what that means, guys? You might get out of here before three hours. <laughs> we might get you out of here in actually a, a, a timely fashion. I, um, I mean, we could talk about the, the co-main event for a hot minute, though. Yeah, yeah, there'll they'll, they'll, they'll be some... Uh, there'll be some post-mortem. Yeah. <laughs> but, let's... God, that's... I want to save the main event for, like, a parting shot. <laughs> I mean, Fedor won his way through the tournament that nobody thought he would. We all thought Frank Mir would probably knock him out. And then there was a solid chance Jail Sunday was going to just grapple fuck him for three rounds. And that didn't happen. So I feel like everybody should have been prepared for this outcome. And I'm kind of disappointed that I'm the only one who was. Like, it was in the back of my mind, but I, I, try, to, I try to belittle that voice. I try to silence it and not believe in it. Um, but it was telling me the truth, and I wasn't ready to hear it. But uh, main main event, a Bellator 214. Ron Bader, Fedor Emelianenko, heavyweight title, all that good stuff. There's not really much of anything to dissect in this fight, other than they came out, they met in the middle, a few little pity pat shots were thrown. Ryan Bader throws an ugly left hook, but it connects flush. Fedor goes down. He gets punched a bunch of times. Ryan Bader now has two belts. Um, yep. <laughs> so, Ryan Bader is champ champ now. He's the first official double champion in Bellator. Um, I want to say he's the first. No, that was Joe Warren. Never mind. Um. I was going to say he was the first two-division champ, but that's wrong. Joe Warren won the featherweight and bantamweight titles. Um, so instead, Ryan Bear is the first man to hold both the Bellator and uh, light heavyweight and heavyweight titles at the same time. And what's scary is realistically... Ryan Bader is a top five heavyweight. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this... this... Like you said, I, I should have saw this coming. I should have known that this fight was going to hurt my feelings. But I just I wanted to believe in the Cinderella story. And, uh, boy, uh, Ryan Bader took that glass slipper and he threw that trash across the room. <laughs> he stomped on it, burned it, you know. Yeah, he knocked Fedor out. It was, it was, it was bad. And I just... Like, I don't want to hate Bader. He's, he's doing his job. But. Like, I just hope when he went to his car, like, there was no gas in it. <laughs> like, I wish him. <laughs> I wish him very small life inconveniences that just make his life. You know, I, I will say this. Ryan Bader and uh, Kyoji Horiguchi. Two dudes who. Like, is it fair to say they got cut from the UFC? Because at the end of the day, if the UFC really wants you, they'll keep you. Like, And there's nothing anybody can really do about it. But they have both left and had just enormous success. Like, both 
financially and professionally for themselves. Um, um, without without the benefit of the UFC behind them, so we're we're not in the strike force days, but it's nice, and we're gonna see Eddie Alvarez and Demetrius Johnson and Sage Northcutt get the same opportunity. So, I don't, I, don't, I I think there's like a a positive message in all this, even if you're sad that. Fedor didn't get the right to get smoked by Vitaly Minakov. <laughs> See, I could have handled that loss. Like, Minakov is like, that's Minakov. Like, you know. Like, Juan Bader, man, the dude who got uppercutted by Tito Ortiz. Yep. That's what we do now. I mean, all that's telling me is Tito needs to get back in the UFC. <laughs> so, so we can get Tito Ortiz versus... Vulcan Uzdemir. God. But nah, man, you know, I, I'll try not to be a hater. Um, Kind of piggyback off of what you said. Um, Yeah, so since going over to Bellator, man, Bader has skyrocketed his career. Um, You mentioned this earlier before we started recording. Bader hasn't been touched since he got in Bellator. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody's landed, like, one punch. Oh, like... like Hold up, let me see. Or, or, or nothing significant. Uh, well, like, I mean the he, Davis fight, but uh, okay. Yeah, beyond yeah. that, yeah, beyond that, the man has been like flawless. It's been and, all Ryan Bader. Yeah, it's, it's it hasn't even been close. Um, and I mean realistically, at at two o five in Bellator, I don't know who really beats him. Um, the the only notable name I can think of that he hasn't fought yet would be McGeary. How, how dare you forget Nemkov? Oh yeah, I forgot he did. Man. Who realistic? Who realistically is no worse than like Vulcan Ostemir? Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. They're they're all or, or Ovin St. Brew because at least he beat Phil Davis. Yeah. None of those other guys had that type of win on their record. Now I did I did see somebody post this on Twitter. Uh, how, how would you feel about Gegard moving up? Go for it. Dude, Gegard Musasi fights in the worst division in Bellator. And Bellator has the women's featherweight division, so that says a lot. <laughs> like, he's the former uh, light heavyweight champion in, in like, Strike Force. He's the, he, he fought for the... He, he won the freaking K1 heavyweight title. Like, why isn't he? Fighting for the title, you feel me? Yeah, I, I feel like if he, I forgot who was his next title defense. It was supposed to be Rafael Carvalho, but he pulled out. He pulled out of the fight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If if, well, I say let let him defend his belt once, and if he gets by whoever you know that opponent is, why not just go up to two hundred five at this point? You know, just just make it fun. Um, and I think he could give Ryan Bader a, a good fight. If Ron Bader flatlines him, I'm done. <laughs> if, if, if Ron Bader catches Musashi with that sloppy left hook, I'm out of here. Um, but nah, man, B- Bader. What what can you say? The man's been winning, and 
regardless of how you feel about him being outside of the UFC and oh, it's not real competition, blah, 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 whatever, whatever you want to say. Dude beat um, Phil Davis twice, or wait, no, I'm sorry, he beat Phil Davis, and he beat Linton Vassell, maybe King Mo, and he went up and fought Matt Mitrione, who realistically is still like a borderline top 15, top 20 heavyweight. Like, not only that, but I'm, I'm, I just, not even looking at it from a competition standpoint, but just from a standpoint of somebody just, you know, just looking at his career. Like, I'm pretty sure he's being compensated fairly well, probably being treated pretty well. Yeah. He's winning. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can look at it and say from an outsider, like, oh, he's not the real champ, blah, blah, blah. But I'm pretty sure when he looks at his bank account, he's pretty happy. I mean, um, like... For what it's worth, he's the second best light heavyweight on earth, and yes, I'm including Gus. Like, just resume for resume. Like, I, 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 yeah. I think Bader's is better. I was gonna say Bader's only two losses were to Jones. Well, no, not two. He has more than two losses. He, right? Yeah, he lost to Machida. He lost to Glover. He lost to um to Tito and Jones and uh and to Glover. Back when Glover was still like. He was old, but he was like old young. But he was just getting in the UFC, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like and even so like, like and, and that's a fight where it's a lot like um the Pico fight, where like yeah, he, where he, he was yeah. beating the crap out of Glover until he wasn't. Wasn't yeah. So, I mean, Bader, he's doing really well for himself. Like I, I can't even as much as I want to hate, and I still hope his car didn't have gas in it. <laughs> He's doing well, man. The man's winning. He's out here. He's out here handling business. So he's got two belts now. Um, I'm I'm guessing he will fight the winner of Congo and Minikov. I'm assuming. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, unless uh, they want to get Nemkov in there. Yeah. And I I don't see why they would want to. To be honest. Yeah, Nemkov or because because don't like a one fight one streak, so yeah, I don't. I don't know. Bellator is kind of wild, so that that could happen. But we'll we'll, we'll see. E- either way, it doesn't matter if he loses one belt, he still has another one. So, <laughs> you know, dude, like Gregor Masasi, he's winning that life. Let's get that going. They got Phil needs the zone freaking uh, date somehow, right? Right. Make my make my my ten. Well, how much money I spend on it? Nine. nine? Oh, I don't even oh, know. I'm so, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I said. Um, Gary Musashi, Rafael Caval. I meant Rafael Lovato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's what pulled out. But um, for the oh, and for the record, um, Fedor is no longer with Bellator. That was his last fight on this contract. Ugh. So he is free to uh, I don't know, flirt with the UFC and then go sign with like Super Fight League. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna get. We're gonna get Fedor versus uh <gasps> Fedor versus Philip Lins. Felipe Lins. Oh. PFL. Let's go. Oh god, that that wasn't what I was thinking of. <laughs> I was gonna say Fedor versus Brandon Vera. That's 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 gonna be the next thing. But ah, what if they did let Fedor in like the next heavyweight tournament? No, I don't wanna watch that. Because then if Fedor loses in PFL's heavyweight tournament, he's going to lose to, like, a guy I've never heard of. Like, he'll lose the first round to some guy named, like, Joe. 
something. <laughs> who was like a plumber two years ago. <laughs> he found fighting somehow. I don't want to see that. <laughs> but, I don't know, man. I'm hurt, I'm hurt after that fight. Um, I'm just kind of hurt. I'll, I'll wait to see what Fedor does in terms of retirement and, and all that. We'll, we'll see if that happens or if he, you know, take takes another ride. But um, Ron Bader, man, he, he's just out here winning at life. And I can't be mad at it, but I am. And I'm just going to be bitter for a while. And that's that's just what that is. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, that, that that happened. So, Bader won by KO. Double champ. Congrats. But not. But congrats. Um. <laughs> Moving on. Co-main event. Really looking forward to the fight. Um, Aaron Pico versus Henry Corrales. So, before we even get to what happened um i was anticipating this fight for a number of reasons one aaron pico fights are always a good time henry corrales fights uh pretty much always a good time um this was easily i knew coming into this fight was going to be pico's toughest test um corrales has been around for a while man he's, he's fought a lot of good guys uh if you saw his last fight i can't remember the gentleman's name but he face planted him <laughs> Um, so I just knew for Pico, like, regardless of if he won or not, this was not going to be an easy outing. Like, he wasn't just going to come in and, and catch Corrales with a body shot and make him do a car. He almost did. Something crazy. They, well, <laughs> yeah, he, he almost did. But, like, I, I knew he was, he, he was going to have to work for this one. Um, and he worked for it and then he got worked. Um. Yeah, man, it, it came out, man, um, typical Pico fashion, comes in looking real confident, throwing some hard power shots, some hard combinations, um, I like, I like his hook to the body, leg kick combination, I, I enjoy that, um, so, you know, it, it, it was, it was looking like a typical Pico fight, just kind of waiting to see when he was going to land his big shot, catches Corrales with an uppercut, I think it was an uppercut, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drops Corrales. Corrales is, is is on Square Street. It's not looking too good. For a second, we're like, oh, Pico's about to get an, another highlight finish. And I was actually going to be kind of surprised if he put Corrales away so quick. So he catches her Corrales with uppercut. Uh, doesn't go for the takedown. Moves in. And I'm not going to fault him because I'd be a hypocrite. Because I don't like... <laughs> it always bothers me when fighters stun somebody and then they take it to the ground. So he kept it standing, um, but Pico kind of has this, this, this one gaping hole um, in his game, and that is uh, defense. He doesn't have much of it. <laughs> um, it, it. It's more than defense. It's and like it's more than fighter IQ. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I wasn't on last week, um, but. And I didn't see like the only fight I saw was the uh, the the Cejudo Dillashaw fight. I didn't even bother to go back and watch the rest of the card. Um, but I, I I you know I read the results and I saw that uh, Alex Hernandez lost. And he says something really he says something really prescient at the at the post fight presser. Um, it, like he he basically said he has to learn how to fight. Because it's one thing to learn how to do things like to throw punches. Um, you know, get takedowns, 
get some missions and something like that. It's another thing to do that with like active resistance. Right. Like somebody who knows what they're doing. Somebody who in theory, like can't somebody who's not gonna be scared off by how athletic and how powerful and how big and how strong you are. You know what I mean? Right. He wasn't bringing Corrales anything he hadn't seen before. Right. Um I, I, maybe not anything he hasn't seen before, but like some like Corrales is not Corrales is tested. He's not gonna freak out because he, he because this is new to him. Like Right. So <clears throat> I, I think that it's more of that. Like yeah. Pico knows how to throw punches. He he knows how to uh slip punches. He he pro- he's probably decent at all that. He has to learn how to fight. Like he has to learn how to when somebody is expecting you to uh has a beat on your timing like he ha- yeah yeah he has to learn how to fight. That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, I, when they got into that clinch, I started getting worried because like he <laughs> it it wasn't like a um it wasn't like the Ty Plum clinch where you're kind of like controlling their movement a little bit. This was just kind of like we're clinching. I have one hand wrapped around your and head. And he has one hand wrapped around my yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And we're just going to wing punches and just see who falls. And it just like he that that was just kind of a, a, a careless kind of thing to do on, on top of the fact that it's not like when he clinches, like, he's not really moving anywhere. We're just going front to back. There's no side movement. There's no... So you're, you're, you're a There's target. no jerking like, of, like... like yeah. He's not even, like... Like, he's not pulling down on the head. Like, he's just wrapping it. Right. So it's like, y'all... Pretty much y'all are just standing in front of each yeah. other. So now it's just a matter of... Like, if this was taking place on the street, they'd be grabbing each other by the collar and just swinging with the other hand. Right. <laughs> and just winging punches. And whoever connects first or whoever connects cleaner is just going to win. So they're, they're in the clinch. They're throwing strikes. And you could just feel it like, oh, boy, just don't get caught. And I, I was worried because I'm like, all right, if you're going to clinch and be reckless, just throw an overhand right or something. We're throwing these, like, uppercuts and shots that, like, are landing, but, like, they're, I don't know. And it, it it bothered me because he stayed in the clinch for so long. Like, if he would have threw a couple and backed out, or maybe threw a couple and like pulled his head down, like just something, he just he stayed in that position just for way too long. And they're throwing strikes. Next thing you know, <laughs> right hand comes over the top, and Pico's soul just leaves his body. The, he like, he did to Pico what Pico did to that poor Marine. <laughs> right, <laughs> pretty much. Like, like bent forward so hard he goes backwards. Yeah, and goes stiff. Body the the the, the mini whiplash. Yeah, and just completely just gets blasted with a right hand, and you know Pico. I mean, uh, Corrales follows up with some ground and pound. Probably didn't even really need it, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, and that that was it. Like, he just, he murdered him. Um, and like I said, I wasn't surprised that Corrales won, because Corrales is a tough dude, he's been there, done that, and I've seen him faceplant people before. 
But it was just kind of wild to see Pico like, man, you got... I, I think it's one thing to, for somebody to get caught in like a submission. Mm-hmm. It's another thing where a dude just like... He just absolutely floors you. And you, we're just watching Pico's lifeless body like, ooh, here's a... Here lie our prospect. Um, <laughs> you know, he he's... Yeah. He's down for the yeah, night. Yeah, he got Yeah, yeah, he he's out of here. He got he got cleaned. Like no dispute, no fluke. You you got you got rocked and it was pretty bad. Um So I guess question now. I mean, well, first, congrats to Corrales. He's actually been on a really good roll lately. Um whatever work I guess they're doing in the MMA lab is uh <laughs> paying off it's working he's out here flatlining people um so just shout out to corrales man for just yeah you know, that's five he, straight he like he's yeah he's getting the ball rolling or it's been rolling so he he's probably due for a title shot well aj mckee's or, probably gonna get it next well it depends i don't know what they want to do like if they can do the pit bull fight they'll probably do that and probably have aj mckee versus henry corrales in the meantime which i think would be a dumb idea but not not for no other reason than they need people to line people up for titles. Yeah. Like I, I I don't like Pitbull was tweeting about wanting to go fight in Japan in April just because I guess he's tired of waiting around for fights. Um, who knows? We'll see. But either way, Corrales sets himself up for if not a title fight, like a contender fight, a, a big fight. Which this was kind of a big fight, but. You just starch like the number one prospect in the organization, so you got it. Got to be in pretty good standing. He's like, um, yeah, and Coker's upset. And he's like, you have to fight Daniel Strauss now. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I guess the more pressing question. Um, so what what happens with Pico now? Stop trying to hot shot him. Like. I don't know, resign him to a smaller contract because I think he was getting 45 and 45 for this. If I'm remembering right. And just be like, yo, we have to build you from the ground up. And this is one of the things that the UFC's monopoli- like monopolization has kind of, where it's kind of benefited prospects. Um... One, there's not this pressing need to have a guy climb up the rankings as quick as possible and, like, get all these wins and get all these, like... Like, there's not there's, a, there's no fluff, right? And, and right. Fluff, fluff is good. Especially, in like, the first ten fights of your career shouldn't fucking matter. Like, you're, you're learning the sport. Aaron Pico has never left the first round. At all, um, winner, winner, loss. Um, like all the guys he fought have had multiple, multiple times more fights than he has. Winner, lose. Like, I don't. Like, but like Cody Garbrandt, Cody Garbrandt is like the closest analog to like uh, Aaron Pico. He got in the UFC super young, was really just knocking dudes the f out. And then all of a sudden he runs into somebody like Guido Canetti, who I'm sure the UFC thought was just like a throwaway fight, 
Like they could just book him real quick and get him in there. But it turns out Guido Canegg is a really tough dude, and he's not very good, but he's crafty, and he go and he gives Garbrandt like three hard rounds that Garbrandt had never had before. That's the type of fight that Aaron Pico needs. Like he needs to be like he needs a limited but durable guy who who, who will give him rounds and time. Like. I can't stress enough how important cage time is. I think we're past the days where we're just going to see, like, Cain Velasquez just shoot up the rankings because, like, he had, like, well, maybe not heavyweight, but, like, at the in these other divisions, we're past the day. Yeah, I'm say, yeah, the, the, the smaller divisions, they're too good. Yeah, like, there will never be a dude who just runs roughshod over the welterweight division. Or, or like and the closest way I guess we have to is like Khabib Nurmagomedov and this is a dude who still goes rounds. Like he's not out here getting guys out in the first round. He's still going deep into fights with people. Even when he's like winning. And you know, he's having tough fights with like Gleason Tebow. So point being like just cage time is so important when you're young. And I, I I get the I, I get the whole oh my god he's out here blowing guys out in like a round thing but this was going to happen eventually it, like yeah. it just is what it is so yeah I was gonna say like him I don't think him losing I mean obviously all right you get starts no no nobody wants to get starts especially not like that but I, I don't think it's like the end of the world um. Like you just you ran into a dude who, you know, dude dude was battle tested. He wasn't gonna go away easy regardless. He he kind of exposed the flaws that, you know, you had. He was able to capitalize on them. Um, but I don't think you know I don't I don't think it's a, a shot to panic like oh Pico's done like no he just listen man no <laughs> none of us lead no I say us like we compete but no nobody leaves this sport unscathed. Like yeah, you're you're gonna catch one of those kind of embarrassing losses where it's like, oh, that was ugh. like those those are gonna happen, and I, I I always say this, I'd rather it happen earlier than your career than you catch one of those later. But like, and that's it, the thing, like it normally does. Like before Jose Aldo lost to Conor McGregor, like do you remember the dude who beat Jose Aldo? Uh, <laughs> I think I looked up the fight on YouTube. I don't know that guy's name. <laughs> I want to say it was Luis Acervado, something like that. Lu- uh, okay, Luciano Acevedo. He's now a cop in like Rio de Janeiro. That fight happened in Jungle Fight in 2005. <laughs> Nobody knew about it. Nobody cared. Right, just like Chris Cyborg got submitted her first. Exactly, like these things shouldn't matter because it's early in your career, and MMA is such a chaotic ass sport that you could be beating the crap out of a dude, and while he's on the ground, he just snatches your leg and you're getting knee barred, or you know you get triangled, or uh, he. You know, you're you're leaning over to go into like to try to pass the guard, and all of a sudden he just kicks you, and you're out. Like, 
Right. Crazy stuff happens. Like, there's not a singular skill set in MMA like there's in boxing that will prevent that from happening. All you can do is hope. Yeah. So, like, these are not losses that should be held against Aaron Pico in the grand scheme of things just because, one, again, the first 10 fights of your career shouldn't matter at all. And, like, two, like, these are guys who, realistically, he if, if this was, like, a normal prospect, they'd be getting their asses beat. And, and for the record, like, Aaron Pico could have easily won this fight. Yeah, but I say he was a couple seconds away. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that, you know, the only thing that stopped him from uh, winning was experience. Just, like, you, just not knowing that not doing the thing he was doing was stupid. So, like, it, it, it sucks because it's knocking some... Like, this is knocking shine off him. Like, the, the, like I, I doubt Aaron Pico is going to... Like, his next fight is going to have him, you know, as the... Uh, as the... On the opening screen of ESPN, like his first fight did. Like, every loss is just going to... Is depreciating, and that's just the landscape of the sport we're in today. Like, there's just so much happening... At all times, that like if you lose, you get lost. Your yesterday's news, and that sucks. But that's just nature of it nowadays. Um. So, like, I think there's a lot. Like, I, and just from a health perspective, it's not good. You know, getting knocked out twice, very badly in two years, or no, you didn't get knocked out versus uh, Freeman, but he did get the crap not like knocked out of him. Um, but like that's a lot of brain damage for a 22 year old, and I think he trains at AKA, so Lord knows what he's putting <laughs> his body through. Right. But um, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving up on Pico, um, unless they just keep hot shotting him like this, because maybe eventually he gets it, but it's going to happen when like his chin is shut, like his chin is just glass, or his athleticism goes, or. You know, one of the a million other things that could go wrong happen, and he's gonna have a record that looks like Carlos Condit. Yeah, <laughs> if he's lucky. Don't want. Yeah, I. I guess I'll I'll say to, kind of close out for him. Um, I w- I wasn't too mad at them hot shotting them only because, like, he just kind of. Bellator doesn't benefit from what the UFC has in terms of depth. So I feel like after a while, like, if you keep winning, it's like, ugh, we kind of... Well, I, maybe I can't say that because, boy, MVP. Um. I think he hasn't fought a real opponent in Bellator in, like, yeah. seven years. <laughs> they strung him along too long. But, like, but I guess the with thing, AJ really McKee, I think... Though. Like, Mike, like, what's MVP's record? Good question. We will research. Uh, MVP is. He's thirteen though, right now, right? Uh, I believe so. Yep, thirteen and zero. So he gets to Bellator when he after he gets to five and zero, right? So he fights Ricky Rainey, Nashawn Burrell. Rudy Bears, okay, that's a walkover fight. Charles uh, Antefieros, that's a walkover fight. 
Jeremy Holloway. That's a walkover fight. Then he fights Cyborg, who admittedly has no business fighting in you know the year of our Lord 2016, <laughs> but is not too far removed himself. Like, and obviously, I forgot. I had forgotten that that fight was two months after he fought. It got knocked out by Saad Awad, which again, no reason that fight should happen. But Cyborg is a step up from what he's seen. Like that—that's a proper step. Like, and then he fights Fernando Gonzalez, which I think is was at the time the best matchup for him. If you're developing, him. yeah, that was yeah, that was the the, and that ended up being a tough fight yeah. for him. He did, didn't. He did. He didn't do too. He won it, but it wasn't pretty. Right. And like Ricky Rainey and Nashawn Burrell were good fights for like his first two fights in Bellator, and say what you want about Dave Rickles, but the, the dude is no the dude's no scrub. He is a battle tested vet. So, and, and maybe stylistically he plays to MVP strengths, but at the same time. You know, it, 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 like Bellator is working with the roster they got, not the one they want. I guess, I guess for Pico, like once he won the Nawad fight, and that guy was like a former title challenger. I just think at that point, because at least like let me, let me go back to MVP, like the the fights that he was winning, like they they were solid comp. But I would say, outside of. I can't remember where Gonzalez was probably ranked pretty high. Gonzalez is weird because he never made the weight ever. Yeah. All right. So yeah. But with the with the no odd fight for for um Pico. You mean ego? Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting names mixed up. He, you fight a title challenger, uh, a former title challenger. It's kind of hard to like go back now. And and that's like, fair. Like, I feel like even before this fight, I said, you know. Give him Henry Corrales. Henry Corrales is not a dangerous dude. Turns out that was completely wrong, by the way. Um, <laughs> but like, and I don't like. I, I don't think this is as devastating a loss from him developmentally as much as it is just like fanfare. I guess that's my long and short of it, and and brain damage. Like, I guess my thing is I, I'm not mad at them fast shotting to this because I think it was just kind of one of those things that just. It just kind of happened, and he just kind of just kept winning. But now, now, I'm, now I want to see what they do afterwards because now I'm on watch. Like, okay, his next fight, don't you know? You can't fight like Daniel. You know Trump. who he should have fought? <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he should have fought someone like Justin Lawrence. Yeah, that would have been a good fight. Like somebody who's competent, who's tough, who give you, who has a a, a pretty decent enough skill set. But a fight that like he can win, or yeah, win. or like a Brian Moore or um, Jeremiah Labiano. Like I'm just going through the list of dudes. Like Noah Lahat. That's a fight he should have. Right, so now he's gonna have to. Now he's gonna have to learn how to find new dudes in the face. But yeah, <laughs> but you know. Man, the, the, these fights happen. It kind of is what it is, like, but like I said, I, I don't, I don't think it's the end. Of they they Pico, paid him but... too much money for it to be the end of Pico. I, yeah, he, he's. An I, I am curious if this, like, like the the Olympics are coming up next year, and he said he might try out. And 
for for those who don't know, Pico was like one point away from making the Olympic team in 2016 at 19 years old. Like against like some of the best collegiate wrestlers the sport of like uh, like the NCAA's ever had. So, like he, he is no scrub and I don't know if he's been keeping up with his wrestling training given how much he seems to love boxing nowadays. But if he's going, you know, full full time in the in the gym on the wrestling, we we could see him be taking like taking a break soon. And I think it would be good for Bellator, to be honest, just to have some time away from him, let him go do his own thing. And if he goes and we'll actually makes it on the Olympic team, it's a, it's an angle for them to run with. Right. Especially, you know, if they're successful, hit them with like the Cejudo angle. <laughs> you know, it all it all it all works out. But we'll 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 see. But props to Corrales, man. He, he got a nice little highlight reel going with that. And we'll 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 see what they do with, with, with Pico next. Hopefully not anything too crazy. Gotta gotta build the man back up. But we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, I hope uh, Corrales gets the title shot this year. Yeah, he's got to. I, I always like the homegrown, not NCAA wrestlers, who you know they're just out here plugging away in Bellator, you know, waiting on their time. <laughs> like, I still want to see Pitbull and Chandler though. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's, like, there's no reason Pitbull can't fight three times this year. Unless he's unhealthy, which which happens because he he like I think Pitbull's body's starting to break down on him. All the more reason we need to do the Chandler fight before he, he's just done physically. Yeah. yeah, bring 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 me my violence. <laughs> but uh, that that was the co-main event. Um, Corrales won by KO round one. Um, moving down to another fight that. I guess some people were anticipating. Um, Mr. Jake Hager, a.k.a. Jack Swagger, uh, went against J.W. Kaiser. Um, this fight... <laughs> all of the jokes we've had about, like, in the old Bellator, uh, how, like, a lot of their prelim fighters were, like, people who were, like, truck drivers a week before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. J.W. Kaiser definitely just got his CDL like three months ago. <laughs> they what are you talking about? J.W. Uh, Kaiser has been hitting these roads <laughs> for 15 years. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> they, they found J.W. Kaiser somewhere. I don't know where. Hopefully, I hope he got paid decent for this. But, uh, buy him a whole bunch of yeah. meth. There you go. <laughs> numb, numb the pain of the loss. <laughs> but, uh, Mr. Jake Hager. Um, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna bash uh, 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 Jack or Jake, whatever he wants. To, I don't know what he well, wants I'm to call him. Jack Swagger, and you can't stop it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's what people will know him for anyway. Um, so the most the. the 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 most unseeming part of this fight is the fact that I guess Bellator couldn't get the right like couldn't get the WWE to okay Jack Swagger using his entrance song from like 
his time in professional wrestling because instead he had that guy wrap him out to the ring or cage <laughs> and it was awful. I was having like Brad McDonald walking freaking uh, having his friends walk him out at Tachi Palace fights. This is like has there ever been a successful like rap ring walkout? Like I I, I like J Rock, but I don't I didn't like the walkout he did for what's his name where he just did win. I feel like the I don't know. Yeah, the the fight, the rap walkouts are kind of weird. Like they, and it's like even if you like the artist, it just it doesn't cross over the way you like imagine it in your head. Right. Like I don't see whoever insert rapper and get like hype when they start rapping. Let's have Roy Jones rapping me to the cage. Now you know what I think. If Roy Jones and those guys came down in a black vest, I'd probably get kind of hype. <laughs> If they if they <laughs> if they do the can't be touched choreography, you know what I think it is though. A... And I I realized this when they they did the uh, what was it the Chad Mendez McGregor fight and they had Sinead O'Connor hmm. and that country guy whose name escapes me. What I think it is is especially with hip hop, songs tend to be like braggadocious about the person actually rapping and it doesn't work when the person who is there rapping the song is trying to be the center of attention you feel me right because like, it, it feels like they're taking away from the dude who's actually walking out like his who's walking out this big moment and is going just like me 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 and it cheapens it then you have to cater the song to the person right and even then, it just sounds like you're being like you're a hype man. <laughs> right, right. Now, <laughs> now you're. It does, it does, yeah, it doesn't feel like you're setting a mood. It, yeah. it just feels like you're there to, you know, make awkward faces in the background while you wait for Busta Rhymes to stop rapping. <laughs> well, maybe it provided some inspiration because. Uh... You know, I, I won't make fun of Jack, man. He went in there and handled business. Albeit it was against J.W. Kaiser. I mean, freaking um, CM Punk could have handled business against Michael Jackson. Yeah. So, so I, I, and I mean, I, I feel like that's pretty similar. And and, and look, looking at Jack, like I, I wasn't expecting anything to really, really honestly, I didn't really know what to expect watching this fight. Like I knew Jack had like a wrestling background. He wrestled on um, what's his name, the dude who fought uh for the. WSOF heavyweight title. His name escapes me. Fuck. Now Avanov? No, he was the American Olympic wrestler who was from Jersey and had mad uh, judo skills. Well, I'll, I'll say for Jack. Um, there, there are some other debuts that happened on this card. The one that I will get to in the prelims. Jack, Jack looked much better. Yeah. Um, of the two. Um. I mean, the fight was actually pretty simple. Like, Jack came out um, immediately, closed distance. Um, I think he caught a right hand coming in, but it didn't matter. Closed distance. Um, he, he caught Kaiser with a nice takedown. He reached down and, like, pulled his foot and <laughs> took, took him down, got on top. Um, looked pretty good on top control. Like, he actually looked pretty comfortable. Like, he came down, he got the takedown. Um, 
he was able to advance position. He started dropping some elbows and some ground and pound. And then eventually that led. And those elbows were kind of hard, too. Like he, he was putting some weight behind those. I didn't realize he's a pretty big dude, too. Like, pretty tall guy. He's like 6'5". Six, six, uh, Jack, yeah. Some of that. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty big guy. Didn't know, didn't know how big he was. But, um, yeah, he got him down, elbowed him, beat him up a little bit. Got arm triangle. Yeah. yeah, it was really yeah. weird though. He didn't look like a heavyweight. And maybe this is just because he was fighting with Kaiser. And I don't mean like, because like I'm used to him looking like bigger. It, maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just, I'm used to him looking like freaking like a roided up like muscle head, like all the other WWE wrestlers his size. But he looked. He looked, he looked like he looked lean, which I'm not used to. He. He looked like a dad who like exercises. Like he doesn't yeah. lift weights, but he runs. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> he he had that kind of build. Like it was the dad not not it's not a dad bod, but it's like he was the he was the dad who was like athletic in college, but still like he can still like run two miles every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, he had that kind of bod. But like he, he looked pretty comfortable in there. Like, you know, went in, got his takedown, didn't do anything crazy. On the ground, he looked pretty confident, like he knew what he was doing. He didn't look confused, and when he got his opportunity, he he went for it, and it it worked. Um, you know, I I don't know what this means. I don't know what you do with him next because heavyweight is just weird. So <laughs> I, I never really know how to predict what heavyweight what, what's going to happen at heavyweight. But he he looked, I guess, for a guy who doesn't have any MMA experience, he looked pretty solid to me. Like I said, albeit it's against J.W. Kaiser, whatever that's worth, but he looked he looked yeah. decent. So I, I don't have anything really bad to yeah, say about it. I mean, him. as far as debuts go, this is about as good as you can expect from a 35-year-old. Yeah. So, shouts to uh, Jack Swagger. Shout out to him. Holding it down. I really wish they played his theme song. <laughs> So, Jack Swagger uh, won via arm triangle choke. So, that's that's how that fight He was went. still wearing his awesome. freaking We the People shirt. What? Is that like his yeah, thing? Yeah, like he, he, his whole thing when he comes out is he puts his hand over his heart and goes, We the People. And for the longest time, it was just, it, it was a, it was like, it wasn't even like a coded racist thing. It was a blatantly racist thing. Like him and like his other guy, who whose name escapes me, who's like an actual wrestling legend, and I, I'm actually kind of upset. I'm forgetting his name. Like they would come down and they would be like, and the guy would cut a promo like, "We're gonna build that wall," and then Texas would cheer because it's Texas. Yeah, like this was a real thing. Way like I mean, mind you, this wasn't recent. This was like years and years ago when like the idea of a wall ever being built was like not even like a a possibility. So they were just like, we're gonna play up this racist redneck stereotype for Jack Swagger <laughs> because Jack Swagger <laughs> can't cut a promo, and the only guy we can kind of looks like we have who can be his manager kind of looks like a racist. It's really weird, <laughs> and then. Oh my god! And then like, mind you, they were heels, right? Like they 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 were supposed to be booed, and then like, I guess Jack Swagger got hurt. He went away. He came back, 
And, like, the dude who he was with, like, his manager teamed up with this Mexican dude to make the Mexican-American alliance. And they were the heels now. And Jack Swagger would be like, he came out, he's like, you forgot what we the people stands for. And all I could think of is still for racism, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you the good guy? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know, <I'm> so confused. <laughs> oh god! But he, he got his W. Uh, moving on to the next fight: uh, Juan Archuleta versus Ricky Bandejas. Um, this is another fight I was actually pretty hyped for. Uh, Bandejas came over to Bellator. Uh, Sean Mike, uh, Sean Michael super kicked uh, James Gallagher to another planet. Uh, I knew the one. I knew, I knew one Archuleta was going to be a tough fight. I was interested to see how this was was going to play out. Um, pretty pretty close fight. It was 29-28 um, across the board uh, from the scorecards. One uh, Archuleta, a lot of grappling, um, a lot of pressure. I was actually impressed with both of them. Like Archuleta definitely came out and asserted his game plan of just. Kind of getting in Ricky's face, grappling. Uh, when they were at distance, he was kind of just winging some. <laughs> like he was just kind of leaping in and, and winging shots. But I think he just did good just kind of being more active. Um, Bandejas, I think, spent a lot of this fight on the defensive. And to me, it was kind of weird because in, in real time, I remember thinking I thought Ricky won because he had a really good third round. But when I rewatched it, I was like, okay, I, I can see why Juan won this fight. Like, Juan didn't, from what I remember, he didn't do, like, a ton of damage. It was more so just, like, a lot of control. Not to say he didn't land any strikes or anything, but he didn't really have, like, any wow moments. It was more so just, I can control, I can grapple. Like, a I lot can, of his offense was neutralizing whatever Bandejas wanted to do and making him react. Right. Because Bandejas spent a lot of this match, even he though he would get up for takedowns, he was always pretty much like on the defensive. And not until maybe like mid-second round, uh, we had, he did have a really good third round where he, um, uh, he caught one with a nice... Uh, it was like he was waiting for like a, either like a perfect counter or just like a perfect moment to land a shot. Um, he caught one with a nice, I want to say it was a head kick that he caught him with. They kind of backed him up a little bit. Um, and then in the third, he finally, he, he was able to get his strikes loose a little bit more. But he, I just think he spent too much of the fight either on the defensive or even when he was on the offensive, he didn't have like a ton of output. And it was more so, it just, it just seemed like he was, like, waiting for something. And meanwhile, Juan is just out there. I'm going to grab you. I'm going to slam you. I'm going to press you up against the cage. Um, I'll, I'll get in your face, you know, so on and so forth. So just, like, Ricky might have been able to steal the fight had he just kind of thrown more. Because there were just a lot of moments where he was just kind of fainting and just kind of just, it was like he was just waiting for something to happen. Um, and then by the time he made something happen, it was kind of, kind of too little too late um but no it, it was an interesting fight I, I was interested to see how it would play out um i was low-key rooting for ricky <laughs> but, but uh no and ended up 
not going in his favor. But, you know, dude, dude's still really, really talented. I was impressed with his takedown defense, how many times he was able to just kind of get right back up as many times as he got taken down. But, unfortunately, you know, on scorecard, you don't get points for getting back up because you got put down, you know. so You do you know. in wrestling. It's really weird. Oh. I think about it, but... Oh. Yeah. Uh um Yeah, no, Ben like 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 you said, like Bendejas like once he actually started throwing and putting things out there for one other to react to, he did fine. He he won the third round, he landed that big knee, came close to the head kick, um Yeah, control controlled the majority of the third round, but like the first two rounds were really just him reacting and like you, you, you can tell. Like I don't, I'm not gonna say shook, but like how, how, how much like Archuleta's aggression got to him early, because uh, like after like the first like four minutes, Archuleta kind of just like there's a soft faint. It's not like a faint to like actually get draw like a big reaction out of you, and you see Ricky Bandejas just like stop like 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 he's either about to pivot out or he's about to jump out the way he just kind of stomps and it's not like a a faint stomp it's like oh crap he's coming after me and i'm and i need to move and it's just it's like at that point it's like oh he's lost come he's lost momentum of the fight so and that was the first two rounds of the fight so now, getting like the, going back to what I said about Pico, like this, this is learning how to fight. This is oh, I have to take initiative. All right. So you know, uh, but still, like solid performance from Bendejas. Like he realized that he was down and he needed to do something, and he went out there and he tried and came up short, but it happens. Like, yeah, I mean, could have been yeah, worse. Like. Yeah, he didn't get out there and get outclassed. He didn't go out there and get like stopped or anything. Like, yeah, if he goes on a few, if he gets a few wins in a row, he's not gonna. Yeah, like this, this will be just a roadblock. Uh, a, yeah. not roadblock, a, a hurdle. Uh, and for one, you know, continuing. Uh, I want to say he's got a win streak. Uh, dude's on like a twenty-two fight win streak. <laughs> so, like, he's, he's out here handling he, business. He is so, uh, the Jimmy Rivera of Bellator, which is really weird because Jimmy Rivera fought in Bellator. Yeah. So, wait, so he's like on a 17 fight win streak because he lost his sixth fight. Jesus. Yeah. I gotta, gotta get that guy a name now. Well, I mean, Ricky, Rick, you know, you gotta. Yeah, uh, three, four wins in Bellator, so. Yeah, I think, I think that's enough to. You can do AJ McKee, you can do Henry Corrales. Like, well, dude, if Pitbull really wanted to get three fights in this year, like, that, he's got a line. Yeah, give him, give him somebody. There, there's some bodies out there to, to to throw around. But, yeah, shout-out shout out to one pretty, pretty solid performance. I'm still looking forward to see what, uh. Uh, what they do with Ricky next. And rounding out the main card, uh, we had Adele. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Altamimi. 
versus uh, Brandon Mc. Uh, yeah, it's not McMahon, is it? I'm gonna say Mc- McMahon. It's probably wrong. McMahon. McMahon. M C M C M A H A N. You're McMahon today, buddy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, th- this fight, much like a lot of fights on this main card, ended uh, fairly quickly. Um, all I remember in this fight is when, like, it went to the cage. Um, Adele grabbed <laughs> Brandon's arm very aggressively. Um, he pulled it down to the floor. I don't know if he was going for, like, a Kimura or something at first. Um, or if this was just all a part of the master plan. But he grabbed uh, Brandon's arm very aggressively. Got him down to the ground. Um, they rolled around for a little bit. And at the end of the rolling around, Brandon found himself on the wrong side of an armbar. And, uh... Yeah, got got tapped out, um, and they gave Adele like a lot of shine on this card because of his whole backstory. Like he had a whole story. Um, was he a U.S. Like, was he a U.S. military member? Because they, they they love those. No, so he his story was um, or was he in the military? I can't remember. He was in Iraq or somewhere in the Middle East. Can't remember. Um, and he was with. I'm probably going to butcher some of this story because I can't remember it verbatim. But he was with, like, a friend and, like, his sister or so- something like that. Two people he knew very closely. Um, and he witnessed his... One of them got beheaded, I think, like, literally in front of him. Or both of them did. Something like that. Like, they both died Ooh. in front of him via, like, I don't know if it was ISIS or Al-Qaeda. Something like that. I think it was Al-Qaeda, actually. He said um, they got, like, beheaded in front of him. And then he was up next to get beheaded. Like, they had the knife to his throat and everything. And, like, Marines came and saved him. So, like, when he wears... Like, I don't know if you saw it, but, like, when he won, his flag is, like, double-sided. So he has, like, the flag of his home country. And then, like, the USA flag on the other side. Kind of like he's grateful that the Marines, like, saved him, like, literally, like, seconds before he's about to die. Um, so that was his whole backstory. Then he trained, um, God, I can't, I'm messing up this story. He trained at, uh, I can't remember what gym, but, you know, like a really nice guy, like a lot of people like him, you know, apparently like great coach, great trainer, all that good stuff. Um, and Bellator came in and offered him like a two fight contract or something. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So this was him taking advantage and he looked pretty good. Like <laughs> dude came out, grabbed that arm and, and, and went to work. I got the SI story right in front of me if you want me to read a little bit of it. Yeah. MMA fighter Adele Altamimi was has one of the most unique backstories in all of sports. The Baghdad Iraq native drove convoys for the Marines before being captured by Al-Qaeda, um, ultimately being saved by his fellow Marines and returned to the United States. In addition to his military service, Altamimi uh, is friends with Hollywood actor Chris Pratt. Altamimi trained in uh, Pratt in Los Angeles, forming a bond before Altamimi entered professional MMA circuit. Um, it does not say anything about that, but he was an Al-Qaeda hostage. Okay, that's what it was. Oh, yeah, and Chris Pratt was actually in his corner. He was in the ring. That's neat. Uh, after he won. Yeah. So, yeah, like a lot of, yeah, like a lot of people were really, really pulling for him. Um, so, yeah, that, that was pretty dope that he won. And, like, it's also good that because he looks like a... a pretty talented fighter um somebody they might be able to, to keep around see what he can do if he's snatching up arms like that but um no nah, man shout out to Adele that was a pretty pretty impressive win 
um, getting that armbar. So that was pretty much the main card. It's kind of wild. <laughs> if you look at the total of the main card, um, it lasted about five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> like ten minutes <laughs> in well, total of just like fight well, no, time. Then they had the uh, the what you call it fight. Archuleta, the Archuleta, um, fight, uh, Banderas fight was like 15. Oh, no, so yeah, it was yeah. like 25 minutes. So it would have been, but yeah, still, it was like a three hour broadcast. Yeah, because God, they kept doing those commercials and what is, what is AJ McKee post on Instagram? And like, I get it. I want, it, it was something different for Bellator. You know, I, I'm cool. Yeah, I'm fans. cool with them trying to like, make, like, give us a personal connection to the fighters. And to be fair, it was a shit ton better than the PBC ones where they literally just had them in this blank-ass gym and they're like, my name is uh, right. <laughs> Jermel Charlo and I knock right. people out and then he hits the heavy bag for like 12 seconds and then it's over. <laughs> yeah, th- this was like more personal. Like they were actually like telling stories. And... The one guy. Yeah, so I, like, I wasn't mad at what they did, but it just it seemed like it dragged out for a very long right. time. And then they did the national anthem before the main event. I, I had to sit through the national anthem only to watch Fedor get decapitated. I didn't want. Hey, to what's more American? It's basically <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> this is basically Rocky, and Ryan Bader is basically Sylvester Stallone. Also Creed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all roles in one. <laughs> Oh man, but that was that was the main card. Um, so I'll I'll talk about some of the prelims because I know you didn't get a chance to. Well, I'm watching a highlight of our boy, BJJ Superstar. Oh, we're we're gonna get to him. I'm 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 a, I'm a list. I'll just name off some of the wins, and we we gonna save AJ for last. We we I'm gonna get to him. Um, because <laughs> boy. Um, but let me. I'll just run through these real quick. Um. Thor Skanky, yeah, that's his name, Thor Skanky, um, defeated uh, Jesse Merritt uh, via North-South choke, uh, shout out to him actually, I I can't remember the last time I've seen a North-South choke finish, so that was kind of cool to see, um, so shout outs to Thor Skanky, <laughs> um, uh, moving down, uh, Weber Almeida, uh, who I believe this was his debut for Odin Chinchilla, if I'm saying that right. Um, Almeida, uh, believe trains with, um, Leota Machida, and it definitely shows in his fighting style. They both kind of have that same kind of loose karate style. Um, Weber was, looked pretty good out there. Um, landed a lot of, a lot of good shots, very Machida-esque, and that finishing combination was pretty vicious. Then he caught him on like a right, then a left, then a head kick that Odin blocked, but it still like rocked him. And then he, I think he caught him with like a another left right combo and just put him out. Um, so I'd I'd be interested to see if they bring Weber back. Um, this was a catch weight, but I'm gonna assume, I guess Weber would technically be a bantamweight. I don't know. This is that 137 pounds. Um, but no, what Weber looked looked pretty decent out there. So shout out to him. Um, Art Revis uh, got a win over Sean Johnson. This was the only other heavyweight fight on the card. Um, actually pretty entertaining. Um, I was pretty impressed with Art. He was able to keep a pretty good pace for a heavyweight. Like, Sean Johnson landed a lot of good hands. He he was throwing some combinations early. Revis withstood that storm and just kind of 
ended up putting the pace on Sean and just broke him um, eventually. So shout out to Art Revis. Uh, J.J. Wilson got a real naked submission over Tyler Beneke. Um Ryan Lilly head kicked the life out of James Barnes. <laughs> that was a pretty, pretty nice KO. I love head kick, head kick KO, so go back and watch that. Uh, Craig Plaskett uh, defeated Ian Butler via unanimous decision. And Desmond Torres defeated Steve Ramirez uh, via submission arm triangle choke. Apparently this card had two preliminary dark bouts, but they don't say who won them, so I don't know. Um, but shout-outs to Jorge Juarez, David Pacheco, Osmond Diaz, and Christopher Reyes. I don't know who won out of y'all, but y'all were there, so. <laughs> shout-outs to you guys. Um, and the last fight we will mention. <laughs> Je- Jesse Roberts versus AJ Agazon. So, we mentioned <laughs> AJ on this podcast a couple times. Um, I-, I wasn't familiar with him, but. I figured, you know, he was like the IBJFF, whatever that abbreviation is, uh, winner in like 2014 or 16 or something like that. Um, dude had a lot of good BJJ credentials. So, you know, me being me, I just kind of figured, all right, you know, they, they signed this elite BJJ guy. Maybe he'll be somebody worth keeping an eye on. Um, so they bring him into Bellator, put him on a prelim. What can go wrong? Um, <laughs> listen, um, like, like I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to So can we preface this up. with, why are all the, AJ Akazarn is American, right? Isn't like a Russian dude? Nah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's Alright, so, why are all the freaking American BJJ dudes just like complete douchebags yeah this um this was not a good, good debut at all like and this debut oh man it's not like pico's debut went bad but we all still looked at pico like this dude has a ton of talent he just needs to not fight somebody who it. is a legit like 10 fight veteran yeah he just he needs to hone his skills but like we 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 see the potential with pico like we we see we see the hype we see we see the talent we know it's there he just needs to hone it so on so forth aj man it wasn't like that um this was a bad debut like it it doesn't get much worse than this unless he would have gotten knocked out um, you could definitely tell from Jump Street that AJ was not comfortable on his feet. And not even in the, like, like, we, we've seen fights where, like, a, a maybe, like, a wrestler comes in and they're not really good with their hands and they kind of drill, like, they kind of throw, like, these jerky punches or the, maybe they just, they're really winding, like, overhand rights. It just kind of looks kind of sloppy. AJ's wasn't even like that. His just looked like he had never been in a fist fight ever. Like, not even in school. Like, <laughs> like it was like it was his first time throwing a punch outside of hitting a bag. It was like he, he, he watched a even... YouTube video about, like, not even about, like, how to throw punches, but, like, a video about, like, a, a dude hitting a heavy bag. 
It was like, oh, that's how you do it? Okay. Yeah. It it was, um... You could tell from Jump, before he even threw a punch, just looking at his stance. Like, he is all uh, the way sideways. Not, like, bladed, but, like, sideways. Like, his back foot is, like, across his body. So if he wants to throw a punch, like... It looks like he's about to fall over. <laughs> his, his form looks so uncomfortable. And then when he starts throwing punches, it just it looks like they don't even hurt. Like he's throwing these jabs and it just it just looks weird. And good good on Jesse <laughs> for being a competent fighter. He he was able to eat on the feet. Because AJ did not want none of that smoke. If I recall it correctly, Jesse's like a like had a legit am, like I say legit like he had an actual amateur career. This was not his first fight. At least Jesse out of the two looked like he knew what he was. You know, you know what was really weird about this fight was AJ looked terrible on the feet, and then when he got to the ground you would think, like, he was in the sport for a long time. Like, he looked so comfortable. He was going for chokes. But it was it was night and day. It was so... <laughs> like, <laughs> and then, like, AJ couldn't really get a lot of takedowns. After a while, his shots were looking kind of sloppy. Like, he's a former D1 wrestler. It, yeah, did not look like it. Because the, the takedowns that he did get didn't really look all that clean. Um... Like I said, his, his transitions on the ground when he was going for submissions looked good, but that was it. Like, when he was outside of that element, he looked completely lost. And I think the only reason this went to split decision was because he was like, there were times he was able to get Jesse down and fish for submissions, but he just, he wasn't able to land any of them. Because when they were on the feet, Jesse was tagging them. And AJ just kind of looked, I've never... There were a couple of debuts. On, we, we see debuts with Bellator pretty much every card. Like, a lot of these guys were like 0-0 or like 0-1. Um, I want to say the J.J. Wilson and Tyler Beneke fight. I think one of them was, this was like their first, like, professional fight. But at least they knew, like, they looked, they, they looked like they knew what they were doing. AJ just looked so, <laughs> I've never seen a debut like this. And then he had the gall, the the audacity to do like the Nate Diaz showboating in a fight where it's like, dude, you look awful. Like you can't you can't do the showboating and you look terrible. I mean he can. And then while he was showboating, I think he got slapped. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm pretty sure in the first couple seconds when he just, like, stuck his chin out, I think Jesse slapped him, like, once. Yeah, I'm watching the like, highlights open. right now again. And... <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I don't think they should bring him back, if I'm being completely blunt and honest. Um, it it kind of seems unsafe. Yeah. It's... I mean, like, Bellator can find worse fighters than Jesse... To bring in. At that point, what are you even doing, you know? Right. At that point, you're literally just grabbing somebody from the crowd. 
Like you're grabbing the guy in the front room. Well, like, hey, and and you're look. putting in this extra effort. And let's be real, like unless Agazarm just fi- like finds a way to get the wrestling game working and figures out what's going on with his stand so that he can pressure dudes back into the cage like he's Damian Maya. That that is not a blue chip prospect, my friend. Like mm-hmm. athletically, skill wise. He's an orange chip. <laughs> some some other color. Like, I, I imagine the plan was to have AJ Agazarm come in, submit a couple guys, and then have him fight Dylan Danis. I say just cash out now. Dylan Danis is one and oh. Agazarm is 0 and one. Like and Danis is like like he didn't look good in his debut either, but at least he was able to get the fight to the ground and keep it there long enough to get the sub. He looked way better than that. Lord. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't I don't like fighter bashing, but there's no other way to like, say, like, this I, this was not a good like, I'm, Yeah, like, I'm, I, I'm not... I'm not trying to shit on the dude like, when he's down, but, like, that was not good. Yeah, that was... Like, there's... And then I'm wondering, like, who, who, who lets you go out looking like that? Like, there's no way that you were in the gym and you were sparring with hands like, like that, and people felt comfortable throwing you in the cage. My only assumption is they thought he would be able, he'd be able to get to the ground really easy. Like, I'm not. I, like, maybe he's just training at his jujitsu gym. Maybe he just never. It's gotta he just be. never like got an actual like boxing coach or anything. He's just. It's gotta be. Because his hands look bad. Like. Yeah. It, it just. it Yeah. It just did not look good. Like that. That, that form was killing me. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and for you guys. Who, if you haven't watched it. Just just go watch it. Just a, a, AJ Agasson versus, versus Jesse Roberts. All, all the fights you can watch on Bellator's website. Just just go watch it. And you'll you'll see why we feel the way we feel to talking about this fight. Because on AJ's part, it was like, not good. He is um, no Gary Tonin. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not at all. But props to Jesse. When he got on the ground, he, he was able to live, live through it. And Persevere for the win. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. But AJ, bro, um, if I'm Jesse, I call out Dylan Danis in my post fight. (laughs) Try and guarantee yourself another payday. Right. (laughs) Just fight all of the jujitsu practice. Just let that be like your stick. Like just just be the jujitsu killer. Um. Boy, boy, oh boy, that that was a very bad debut. But um, that was that was Bellator two fourteen. Um, really, it was it was a good card though. It was, it was pretty entertaining. Um, you know what was really bad is like right before the AJ fight, I I was tweeting about how like I thought compared to previous years, like Bellator has done a lot better job of rounding out their cards in terms of talent. Like the prelims aren't looking like just random Joe Schmoes anymore. Like, it, it looks like they're at least making an effort to get, like, legit talent in there. 
And then the AJ fight happened. I was like, ooh. I mean, <laughs> the, the beauty of Bellator was that, like, on, in the top of the card, you have your Pat Currens and your Daniel Strausses and your Patricio and Patricky Pitbulls and your Michael Chandlers and Eddie Alvarez's. And at the bottom of the card, you have a guy who has to go be on workout Monday. And, right. <laughs> and, and he's going to fight his ass off for $50 <laughs> and a, a picture with, um, what was her name? Bryce something. <laughs> like that, 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 and that was like his weekend thing. I, 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 I got, I always got a kick out of that. I know other people didn't like it because they, they want Bellator prelims to be like the UFC prelims and be like actual prospects. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being the promotion where, like, you know, the tough dad who wasn't tough enough to make a full career <laughs> can go. They had a, they had a charm to them. Yeah. And, and and those guys always those guys always had stories, you know. Uh, I'm sure they had stories. Yeah, those, those, those dudes don't have office jobs, <laughs> right? Dudes working like a steel mill, like a a, a mine or something. They're, they're all know. truckers. <laughs> oh man! But outside of the AJ fight, um. Go watch the or go watch the AJ fight just to see how bizarre it is. Um, but the rest of this card was actually pretty solid. Like a lot of finishes on the undercard, um, a lot of good KOs. Like I said, the uh, the Weber Almeida KO was pretty impressive. Go watch that if you didn't see it. Um, yeah, Ryan Lilly uh, head kicking James Vaughn was pretty dope. Uh, so the prelims were, were pretty entertaining, and the main card. I mean, all right, got my heart broke, but you know. Like I said, if if you rewatch this card on Bellator, and you don't have to go through the commercials, rewatch it a little under half an hour, because pretty much every guy to get everybody got finished minus the Juan Archuleta and Bandejas fight. But no, oh, it was a pretty good card from from top to bottom. Um, so I'm I'm not mad at it. Um, solid solid Bellator card. And like I said, as far as all the other fights, the boxing card, the main event and Coda main event were really awesome. Like I said, the Wujan and uh, the uh, oh God, what's the other name? Uh, Rojas was one of the best fights I've seen in this, this short year we've been in in January. And the one championship card was pretty much awesome from top to bottom. Um, and LFA looked like it was awesome, but I missed it. But so I, lots of good fights going around. I actually forgot. Oh, I forgot what the next Bellator card um was. And it's actually Bellator 215, Mitrion versus Karatanov. Uh, which, whatever. I don't care about that fight. But there, I see something interesting on the prelims. Oh, no. The next Bellator card is uh, Patriki. Is it? Yeah, Patriki and Ryan Scope. They're just not, oh, they're, oh, they're not numbering that one. Oh, I see why, because there ain't a lot else going on. Is that like one of the ones that they have? Oh, no, this is a new... I was going to say, is this like one of the ones they have on, like, in the middle of, like, a NASCAR field? Yeah, they got they got Aaron Chalmers co-headlining, so that, that's... Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe Edwards <laughs> on there, and I've heard good things about him. Neon Edwards a little... But, uh, what what, uh, what do you see interesting? Oh, on the, uh... so on Bellator 215, there is a women's Adam White fight. Between uh, Invicta veteran Lindsay Van Zant, is she Invicta veteran? Yes, Invicta veteran Lindsay Van Zant and Marissa Messer Belanchia. 
So I'm curious if Adam Waite is in the future plans as they look to expand. I mean, could be interesting. That could be a way for them to snag some talent. Mm, yep, it's the one division the UFC doesn't have. Yep. Oh, they do. That, that'd be good on and them. And like, I, I, I'd be happy with Adam Waite having a home. And and I'll, I'll give Bellator props. Like, featherweight is kind of a depleted division, and they at least try. <laughs> with featherweight. Yeah, yeah, Amber Ibrock, Amanda Bell is on the next card. Uh, that's basically it. Oh wait, no, Leah McCourt and Atis Oizerut is going to be on Bellator two seventeen. Like they are trying, damn it. That's all that matters. So with Adam Wade, I, I feel like they'll there should be more bodies. I would think. I, like they might have a, a easier time at, at least finding finding some people. I don't, I don't know like who's the star, who's going to be the. The, the big fish to splash the pond. I mean, so the speak. hard part is all the best ones are like in Korea or in Japan, but I mean, you could still fill out that division if you, I don't know, buy out Invictus division, but I doubt Viacom still any money to buy that out. Then again, they might be able to get on the cheap. Who knows? Whatever. But, yeah, that's, that's upcoming from uh, Bellator, um, the UFC's next card, I'm really looking forward to. Um, that'll be going down uh, next Saturday, uh, on February the 2nd, Super Bowl weekend. Um, we'll get to uh, see Rafael Asuncao run it back with Marlon Marais. Um, also on this card, you got Jose Aldo and Moicano. You got Damian Maya versus Lyman Good. Du Bronx versus David Taymor. Uh, we get to see Johnny Walker fight again. Um... Get to see Livia Renato Souza. She's back uh, against Sarah Froda. Um, lots of good fights. Tiago Alves is on this card. Max Griffin. Against Max hey, Griffin. that's a good one. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yep. Ricardo Hamos is on this card. This is a pretty solid card from top to bottom. Ooh, versus Saeed Awad. Uh, Nurmagomedov. Why did I say Awad? Saeed Nurmagomedov. Yeah, so this card's going to be awesome. This, this looks like this should be a pretty... Pretty entertaining and a violent card, and I, very interested to see how that main event turns out. Even though y'all already know who I'm pulling for, Marlon Marais all the way to the top. But I'm curious as to what the drop off is in viewership because no title fight. T.J. Dillashaw actually turns out to be like some type of draw on pay per view. Like, I'm sorry, like Marlon Marais and Javier Santos is bottom of. In terms of popularity, it's as bottom as you get in terms of like how low you can go. Yeah, they're they're not yeah they're not gonna pull in the uh, numbers. But we'll see. But that that card's gonna be awesome. So Bellator and UFC keeping the uh the ball rolling. So plenty more uh, fights to talk about uh, in the upcoming. It never week. ends. Never ends. Never ends. They gave Hell, you got like a one week break Ali, after Christmas. Alida Alvarez versus Sergey Kovalev two is going to be next week. Also on ESPN Plus, so that'll be fun. Hold on, didn't Kovalev get arrested? Yeah, in January, uh, not January, in like August or July for apparently sexual assault, but. Uh, 
Oh, I thought that was like really recent. Like, oh uh, no, like recent. the news broke a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay, but the actual incident happened. Yeah, okay. he was actually arrested okay. like back like two months before his actual first fight. No. So that's sketchy as fuck. Yeah. But either way, plenty of fights to talk about in the near future. So you guys will be uh hearing from us very frequently. Vacations over. And that's it. Right. <laughs> oh my, yours right. was over last week. Yeah, yeah. We we we're back at it. Back like we never left. But um yeah, so that's that's pretty much uh it for the fight. So make sure you go back, check out all the fights, all the cards that we mentioned, one championship, uh Nguye versus Inaway boxing card and Bellator two fourteen. And I guess that uh brings us to the end of the show. Not used to us getting out on a timely fashion. <laughs> so we will uh end with parting shots and shout outs. Um once again, I always forget my shots. I never remember who I'm angry at. But I do have a shout out. Um shout outs to Naomi Osaka, uh who won the Australian Open uh this past weekend, I believe is when that happened. Uh she's like twenty one. It's kinda wild. Uh, out here winning the Australian Open. Um, it was really well. So, I, I don't watch tennis, but I vaguely remember watching Naomi Osaka like way before she um she she played, uh, she beat Serena. Like, I don't remember who she was playing. But, like, it, it, it was like one of those things where she was out ahead and, like, she was about to make, like, history as being, like, the youngest something. Because this was like two or three years ago. She was like 18 or 19. And then she loses because like she just like was completely gassed because she was a teenager. It's kind of wild because like before, I don't remember the exact stat, but I think like before, the year before she played Serena, she wasn't even ranked in like the top like 20. Yeah. She was like number like 56 or something crazy Which like makes that. sense because again, she is like... She was like what twenty? Yeah, that would have made her twenty, I think, when she beats Serena. Cause he's twenty-one now. Um, but she uh, won the Australian Open. Uh, who did she? Oh my God, it's Kurt Angle. <laughs> I don't want to see Kurt Angle in two thousand. I didn't want to see like like <laughs> I haven't seen Kurt Angle since like two thousand seventeen, and he looked like death. So I can't imagine what he looks like now. But Naomi beat uh, uh, Petra Vitova, if I'm saying that correct. Uh, she beat her uh, seven. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to mess up these set numbers, so I'm going to shut up. <laughs> she won the match. That's all you need to know. Um, and Novak Djokovic beat the crap out of Nadal. I don't know what the score was, but I think he ran him, ran him over um, for anybody else who cares about that. But... Uh, that's pretty much all I got for shout-outs, because I don't have anybody I'm angry at right now, so I don't have any shots to, um, to throw out. So that's all I got for parting shots and shout-outs. Uh, um, well, first off, shouts to you and Joey for holding it down while I was gone. Not that, like I said, like not that that was... It was probably easier, to be honest. I don't know. We ran the same time, so <laughs> I, think, I think it went about. It. I think it went about the same. 
Actually, it was harder because the Skype update like randomly hit me before uh, I, I think we started recording. Like life didn't want us to. Have, we had to go through some hurdles. It almost made me feel bad about recording the episode. Like, is this a sign that I shouldn't be talking about this? <laughs> um, shots at weight cutting. There we go. Because you know, Dillashaw. Um, and instead of watching. UFC on ESPN plus one and from now on we're literally just saying fighter names because we're getting a little too ridiculous here. Um, So UFC Cejudo versus Dillashaw. You want to know what I did instead? And uh, you, follow, you follow me on Twitter so you might have seen like one of my retweets about this but I watched a YouTuber Stream on Twitch, him playing Donkey Kong 64 and completing it 100% (laughs) for charity. Um, YouTuber H Bomber guy uh, for the uh, the UK based um, charity uh, Mermaids. Uh, It's a support group for trans kids. Um, He switched. He 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 streamed himself on Twitch playing Donkey Kong 64. For almost 60 hours, not straight, he took like two naps in the middle, but, you know, 60 hours is a lot of time to play Donkey Kong 64. It's a long, yeah. And yeah. that's about as long as it takes to actually beat the game, 100%. I don't, I don't know if you ever played Donkey Kong 64, but, like, it, it's pretty clear, like, halfway through that the developers were just tired. <laughs> because, because, like... It's it's the type of game where like you have five different characters you can play with, and they all have like their own little things that they can go through in the same world. But at the same time, like let's say there's a wall that your big character has to knock down, there'll be like a thing of bananas, like a collectible right behind the wall, but it won't be for the big gorilla. It'll be for like the small, tiny monkey. So it's it's like it's that type of game that makes you backtrack to collect everything because you didn't have the right character. Oh, that yeah, sucks. so he beat it one hundred percent, and he his goal was to make like five thousand dollars for charity, and he somehow ended up making three hundred forty thousand dollars for charity. Yeah, um, so there's a story be- behind the group. Um, uh, you know the. In the IT crowd. Nope, say that one more time. You kind of faded and out. Oh, uh, do you know the show IT Crowd or Father Ted? Uh, no. Okay, sure. they're they're British television shows. Um, I don't remember when the IT Crowd came out, but like Father Ted's like twenty, thirty years old. Um, basically, one of the writers from the show got uh like the mermaids had won a um a grant from the National Lottery in the UK. And one of the writers from the show is a transphobe who basically has a big following because he's like a pundit on TV and basically got a whole bunch of people to email the uh, the lottery and basically get the charity's grant suspended or put under review. So they, they were not going to get like the $500,000 they were promised, at, at least not yet. So the stream, so the streamer, um, the the YouTuber H Bomber guy, 
um, decided to make it his personal mission to say fuck Gran- uh, Grand Lunda Hand. And he raised $340,000 playing Donkey Kong. And somehow he got the creator of the game to come on. He got Alexandria Ocasio Ortega. Uh, oh, so that's what yeah. that story was about. Yeah, okay. she went on. Yeah, I saw her name. I didn't know that's what she Ocasio, was. Okay. Uh, yeah, I saw her name. Yeah, she around. was on the stream for like 10 minutes. I saw that. It was crazy. The juxtaposition between a U.S. Congresswoman and Donkey Kong 64 is forever etched <laughs> in my brain. Um, Chelsea Manning was on the stream. It was really weird, man. It, it, like it got weird, At, like during the, like the down points where he was like sleeping. Like there were just three, there were like three thousand people just like fucking with the text to uh, the text to talk thing. <laughs> it, it was just completely bizarre and amazing and Man, wonderful. If you stream Donkey Kong for sixty hours, something weird has yeah. to happen. And it's nice that something good came from, uh, you know, the gaming community because the loudest voices in gaming tend to be very bad. Oh yeah, They're low key. Yeah, bad. so it, it is great. Like the, a bunch of kids are going to get help that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise, and you know, it, it, beautiful moment to start off twenty nineteen. Hopefully. Shout out to the Twitch streamers who aren't. Garbage. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> y'all are outnumbered. There's a lot of trash running around. Ninja. Uh, yeah. They're they're all here. But uh I've been I've been lucky. I've I found some pretty pretty cool people. I, I found out there's actually a knitting Twitch like scene. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I know what I'm about. I'm I do when I get my camera. <laughs> Oh man! Not to give myself uh, any promo, but if you guys follow me on Twitch at Serio Sensei, um, I started streaming uh, Resident Evil Two. I I, I just started, started I just started following you today because you posted the thing in the on the Doja Talk Facebook. Uh, that game is gonna make me a wreck. Speaking of backtracking and going back and doing, I hate God that game makes you do that so much. <laughs> And I don't like the pressure of people watching me on the stream while I try to solve a puzzle and they get to see me be stupid for 30 minutes because I don't know what I'm um, doing. Every time you stream, man, I'm going to just be in the chat. What you doing? What you doing? You went uh, the wrong way. <laughs> I, I, I've never played Resident Evil 2. And I have no idea if that's correct or not. But I spent 30 minutes trying to find a room that was down the hall from me. <laughs> like all I had to do was press start and look at my map. <laughs> <laughs> I kept running right past the room. Oh man, that game is creepy though. That game is. Uh... Is that the one with the dog at the end? Uh, I don't know if there are dogs at the end, but there are dogs uh, in the game. Well, I haven't ran into them yet, but I'm pretty sure they're there. That game legit terrified me as a kid. So I'm playing through this to overcome my childhood trauma. Speaking of childhood trauma, you know what comes out this week? The movie. No, it's Kingdom Hearts three. Oh yeah! After being delayed eighty thousand times. Well, it's never been delayed. It's never been announced. Oh, yeah, it just yeah. Because <laughs> and then... the man who made the game is an insane man. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm glad you said that. Now I do have a parting shot. A uh, parting shot to I uh, want to say this was GameStop, who oversold um their 
uh, Kingdom Hearts, like PS4 Pros or something. And now a lot of people who actually had those reserved have to get refunded. Because they oversold them. Uh, Good job, GameStop. I mean... Good job. I guess it's not as simple as ordering more, but... Take move. Try. Yeah, try. It's like the airline's overbooking. Right. And I got... I've been trolling Kingdom Hearts fans for a while because I never thought this game was going to come out. I mean, they never stopped making games. (laughs) They've made like five or six mobile games for your... And then they did Kingdom Hearts 1.4, 1.5 HD or something crazy. Kingdom like uh, Kingdom Hearts 358 over 2. Kingdom Hearts right. Dream Drop. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3D something. like. And I just watched a video um, from the, the, the Dragon Ball Z Abridged guys as they tried to explain everything that happened in Kingdom Hearts because I've only played Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Like, I didn't have the Vita... To play the other one, I didn't have the uh, the what you call it. I didn't get a 3ds until way after the, the the game came out. I was like, I'm not going back to it. Let me just play Pokemon for a hundred hours like I always do. <laughs> so, like, I had to get caught up, and it is the most convoluted mess of a game ever, and I love it. There are twelve different Soras in the game. <laughs> counting like all his heartless and nobodies and the people who are literally just created to justify his existence it's amazing <laughs> I'm I'm gonna buy a copy of Kingdom Hearts 3 I'm not even a big fan I wanna buy it to have it as like a relic just as proof that like this actually if came you, out if you believe hard game. enough it'll come true uh, there you go Kids, we'll leave you with that parting uh those parting words. Go believe in something. Or don't. I'm not your dad. I I, I tried to believe in fate or I, I guess I didn't believe. Yep, it's your fault. <laughs> Maybe there are some things that are outside of belief. You just You no, no, you just did not believe hard enough. Do not try to shift the blame. <laughs> oh man. But uh that's that's all we got uh for today's podcast. It's been episode number one twenty. As always, give us a listen on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes for iTunes. Make sure you rate and subscribe. You can also listen to us on Spotify and Google Play. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. Hit us up on the Dojo Talk Podcast, the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. And you can follow me on Twitter. At Serial Sensei, if you choose to do so. Um, but that is all we got for you guys for today. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.